12 years, you didn't even know you had a son. But then one day, I ran away from military school to look for you. And I'll never forget the words you said when your eyes met mine. You're my what? Mr. Stratton? Yeah. Are you Edward Stratton III? That's me. Pleased to meet you. Hi. I'm your son. To join this man and this woman in holy matrimony. Will you, Edward, take this woman as your lawful and wedded wife? I will. And will you, Kate, take this man as your lawful and wedded husband? I will. With this ring, I thee wed. I now pronounce you husband and wife. Hey there everybody, Angela Bowen here, the host of Together We're Gonna Find Our Way, an unofficial Silver Spoons podcast. Well today, season 5 episode 8, entitled, Hey Mrs. Robinson. Oh boy, you know where this is going. <laughs> no, which aired on November 3rd, 1986. Kate feels left out when her old college friend, how many old college friends does she have? Whitney Houston, this person, she has got just a fan base of friends in Columbus, Ohio, where she grew up. <laughs> anyway, she feels left out. Her old college friend, now an editor for a rock magazine, seems to have more in common with Rick, which only gets worse when she and Edward start to worry that she's interested in more than Rick's friendship. Well, you know what they say about them cougars. <laughs> This episode's got a 6.2 out of 10 rating, based on 18 ratings, was directed by Zane Busby, writer David W. Duclan, Ron Levitt, Michael G. Moy, Bob Boblitz, Ben Starr, Martin Cohen, and Howard Leeds. Many great minds that put together Silver Spoons. Alright, let's see who is playing Jackie. Who is Kate's friend? What in the world am I staring at? Oh, it's a screaming face. <laughs> she is played by Caitlin Ohini. Is that her name? Oh, she's been in uh, some stuff. The Charmings, a television show from the late 80s, 87. Silver Spoons, St. Elsewhere, M.A.S.H. She's been in some stuff and some questionable stuff, but I'm not going to get into that because it's a clean podcast. All right. Let's see. Is there any reviews? There are no reviews. No trivia. There normally is not trivia with these episodes on IMDb or user reviews. All right. And of course, the next episode I will also be discussing during this podcast episode is season five, episode nine, entitled Rick's Learning Problem, which aired on November 10th, 1986. 
Rick Tudor's a star football player who must pass a history test in order to play for the championship. Edward gets the flu and is getting on Rick and Kate's nerves. Yes, in this case, Edward does have the flu and he does not have the coronavirus or COVID. Thank goodness. Because this episode came out in 1986. And we weren't dealing with everything that we're dealing with right now. 6.9 out of 10 rating based on 19 ratings. Do we got any guest stars? We do have some guest stars. We have Bo Drew Draymond as Bronco. I'm guessing that might be the football guy. We got Brandon Douglas as Larry. And we have Ryan Lambert as Dennis. And Shaney... Shani Rigsby is Jody. So these must be all classmates. Oh, and of course we have Brad. <sighs> I don't know. I mean, yes, he is never, ever, ever going to get to the plateau of what Derek Taylor got. And he's not going to. And I'm sure he's fine with that. Just really, I kind of wish we had Freddie back. <laughs> I miss Freddie. I would take Freddie over Brad in a heartbeat any day of the week. I don't mean to date. I mean as a character. <laughs> um, directed by Art Dillhan. Writers David W. Duclan, the creator. Ron Levitt, Michael G. Moy. Also the two creators. We got Martin Cohen and Howard Leeds. Also creators. Ben Starr as another creator. And it was written by a woman. Melissa Clark. Yay! Okay, we do get a connection. Bronco mentions seeing the movie Patton. Good for him. I'm guessing Bronco is the name of the football player. He's got to pass like a big history test. Like, I saw Patton. Good for you. It has nothing to do with what we're doing with right now. All right. So, of course, before I get into the two episodes, I always like to let you podcast newbies who have just tuned in, welcome aboard. I want to let you know where you can find the podcast on social media. It has a, the podcast has own Facebook page and together we're going to find our way and an official Silver Spoons podcast or you can just type in Silver Spoons podcast. Also Silver Spoons podcast on Instagram and it also shares space with the Punky Power PB podcast on Twitter. So if you want to send an email about your Silver Spoons memories, your favorite episodes, your least favorite episodes... You can send them to silverspoonspodcast at gmail.com. I will leave the address, the uh, email address in the episode description like I always do. Also, places you can listen. iTunes, SoundCloud, Podbean, under the Punky Power Podcast. So, alright, without further ado, let's jump into these episodes. Alright, so we come out of the intro. Edward is in the living room. He's on the phone. I'm guessing either he's talking... He's probably talking to Dexter. Because he's asking about the IRS auditors, probably at Eddie Toys. Like, how much is this going to cost us? And he's like, nothing? And he's like, alright, nothing. It's like, whoa, he said the D word. (laughs) Wait a minute. How come he can say the D word and then Kate's grandmother can't say the H-E double hockey sticks word. I mean, I'd say the D word is worse than the H word. Okay, it is Dexter. He does confirm that. He's like, hey, we run a tight ship, right, Dex? We know it's not Kate. Like I said, he's just mentioned Dexter's name. And Kate actually comes out of the kitchen with a platter of hors d'oeuvres of sorts. That's right, because she's expecting her old college friend. 
So Edward is so thrilled that they owe the IRS nothing that he's like, oh, Dexter, I could kiss you. You know what? On second thought, how about a night on the town? Because uh, I owe you one. <laughs> so Edward is clearly on cloud nine. He's all hyped up. Like, oh, that's going to be some great positive energy for when Kate's friend arrives. So yeah, he tells Kate that the IRS audit went great. We don't owe the t- IRS one red cent in taxes. And it's like, yes! And I get the feeling this could backfire and it turns out they actually do owe. Cause maybe Dexter made a mistake. I mean, Dexter's good with figures and everything, but what if he like made a teensy-weensy mistake? Like, oh, I forgot to carry the this. Lift. Whoops. Are the internal revenue auditors still there? They're gone. How much is it going to cost us? Nothing? <coughs> Damn right nothing. We run a tight ship, right, Dex? <laughs> oh, boy, I'm so glad this is over. <laughs> I could kiss you. <laughs> yeah, I owe you a night on the town. <laughs> Who are you going to kiss? Dexter. Again? <laughs> Honey, we just had the audit, it's all over, and we don't owe one red cent in taxes! <laughs> well, why don't you kiss me and I'll pass it on to Dexter. Yeah. What's this? Hmm. Alaskan King Crab imported cheeses, canapes, and to top it all off, Baluga caviar. Caviar? I'm glad uh, we didn't have the IRS audit here. It's not every day that my best friend from college comes to visit. Well, I want to impress her with a gourmet spread. Why is it when my friends from college come to visit, they get liverwurst? To some of your friends, liverwurst is gourmet. Anyway, I want everything to be just right for Jackie's visit, that's all. Don't sit there. Where do I want my sit? On the floor? No, it's just been waxed. Honey, will you relax? Come on, she's your friend. Aren't you getting a little carried away? Oh, I can't help myself. Jackie always affects me this way. She always did me one better in college, and for some reason, I'm always trying to measure up to her. Measure up? Kate, come on. You're the president of one of the biggest toy companies in the country. Yeah. You had your picture on the cover of a national magazine. New York voted you the businesswoman of the year. You're on top of the heap. You're right. I am on top of the heap. How do I look? You look fabulous. Maybe I better go change. Thank you. All right, guys, I'll see you later. I'm going over Alfonso's. Hold it. You can't go to Alfonso's. Why not? Because my best friend is coming to visit. I told you. Why did he Alfonso and I are supposed to hang out? Well, you'll just have to hang out here. Yeah, don't feel bad, bud. I can't even sit on the floor. Yeah, this is important to me. I made a special dinner, and I want both of you here. But, Kate, this isn't fair. I mean, I hate being stuck with a bunch of senior citizens. What? Senior citizen. They're 40. Well, he is. I'll get that. I just stay right here and I'll work my way over there. Right now. Dude, just use the button. Okay, okay. Remote. Oh, uh, Edward, Edward, you stand there. Rick, you stand over here. Yeah, oh. You want us to stand at attention or at ease? So, yeah, she's got this platter of, it's like king crab and cheese and something or other, which sounds good. And apparently, Edward goes to sit down on the couch. She's like, no, no, don't sit there. Oh, he's like, what do you want me to do, sit on the couch? And she's like, no, I just had a wax. It's like, oh my gosh. 
Rick comes down the stairs. He is ready to go hang out with Alfonso. Apparently, no. He has to stay there and help entertain Kate's friend. Oh, my God. He's not going to have anything in common with these 30-something-year-olds. But the thing is, Kate is a little bit flustered. Edward's like, hey, relax. What's gotten into you? She's like, my friend always seems to one-up me all the time. College, and I just, I want things to go good. He's like, you were voted most powerful woman of the year in, or, and she was also for New York and also in a magazine on the cover. And she's the president of Eddie Toys, which is one of the leading toy industries in all of America and everything like that. So he's like, you've got so much going for you. you got so much to be proud of. She even has Rick and Edward, like, stand, like, right in the entryway. Like, stand right there. And you're next to him. And just, like, this makes me think of that episode of Full House when Danny was having Cindy bring her son Rusty over. And he was having the family all, like, tallest to smallest line up. Like, it's a Julie Andrews movie. So, Kate opens the door. And her friend is just, like, I mean, it's the 80s. So, her hair's gonna be all, you know... It's not like poofy 80s hair, but it's just, it's, it's a rockin' hairstyle. She definitely looks like she works for a music magazine. <laughs> oh, is that all you can say after all these years? Oh, Jackie! Oh, you don't look like you've changed a bit. You haven't changed a bit either. Yeah, but I mean it. <laughs> you look so, um... Yeah, you sure do. Jeez, uh, oh, Edward, You must be yourself. Edward. Oh, lucky guess. Yeah, and, and this, this is my stepson, Rick. Hi, Rick. Pleased to meet you. Yeah, I've been looking forward to meeting you, too. I was just telling uh, Kate. I can't believe it. You're really here. Oh, this is nice. I'm impressed. Oh, oh. Well, it's not much, but we kids like it. <laughs> well, here, sit down. We have so much to talk about. Okay, guys, calm down. Edward, would you mind getting us some wine? Huh? Wine. Ah, yeah. <laughs> would you like that uh, on the rocks or straight up? Oh, why don't we live dangerously? I'll take it straight up. <laughs> okay, Rick. Calm yourself, buddy. <laughs> Kate, you look wonderful. I'm so glad you never changed your hairstyle. Well, actually, it's it's not the same. But you've certainly changed yours. <laughs> How do you stay so young looking? I have to. There's not a person over 25 working at that magazine, except for me, of course. Well, what magazine did you say you were working for? I'm the editor of Rad. Rad? Kate, Rad's the hottest thing in the rock world. I can't believe you're the editor. I bought the latest issue yesterday. Wait until you see next month's issue. I'm doing a whole spread on Mike and the Mechanics. Mike and the Mechanics. Yeah. I've loved Mike ever since he was in Genesis. You know, I'm the one who talked Phil Collins into going on tour with Genesis again. You're kidding. Uh -uh. And you know who's going to open for him? Simply Red. He is Simply Red. <laughs> what do his friends call him? Simp? <laughs> well, you just aged yourself, Kate. Did you hear Steve Howe left Asia? Yeah! And he's playing with Steve Hackett. No. How about some caviar? Oh, no, thanks. They're going to call themselves GTR. Wow. What'd I miss? Beats me. 
Definitely part of the music oh, scene I to be in this conversation. You're hungry. I made a wonderful dinner. Oh, I hope you're not planning to eat early because I've got to do an interview in an hour. Well, you just got here. I know. They left a message for me at the airport. I've got to interview the stray dogs. You're going to interview the stray dogs? Yeah. The whole litter. <laughs> well, here's to a successful interview. Oh. Don't forget to wear your flea collar. <laughs> I gotta go. Kate, why don't you come with me? You could meet the stray dogs. Ah, uh, no thanks. I think I uh, already saw them on Wild Kingdom. <laughs> <coughs> Rick, I'm sure Jackie doesn't want you hanging around while she's working. I don't mind, really. Well, all right then. What about Alfonso? Who? <laughs> yeah. Alfonso, your friend, remember? The one you were going to hang out with? Oh, well, I'll see him tomorrow. I'll have more to tell him. <laughs> we won't be long. Oh, allow me. Why, thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, Kate and Jackie are hugging. They're both saying, wow, you haven't changed a bit. And Kate's like, oh, well, no, in your case, I mean it. <laughs> And Jackie's character honestly reminds me of, if you've seen the 1999 movie uh, Anywhere But Here with Susan Sarandon and Natalie Portman, Jackie reminds me of that character, just that energy, um, the character of Adele August, and it's just like, oh my goodness. And Kate is just at a loss for words, like, oh, you just look so... And Edward and Rick were both checking out Jackie from behind, especially Edward, because he's like, oh, wow, yeah, you sure do. It's like, Jackie's wearing these tight, they almost look like aerobics-type, leotard-type pants. They're really, like, electric blue, skin tight. Like, dude, you're married. Chill yourself. So Jackie turns around and is like, oh, you must be Edward. And she shakes his hand and Kate introduces her stepson, Rick, to Jackie. And they all sit down and by they all, I mean, Jackie sits down and then Edward and Rick plop right down next to her. I'm like, guys... Especially Edward's like, your wife is there. Chill out. You are not a bachelor anymore, buddy. I get Rick's appeal in her just because this is a fun, sassy, older lady. But she also, we learn, has something in common with Rick since, you know, she works at a rock magazine and he likes, you know, rock bands and stuff like that. I mean, she name drops Genesis. And we hear Phil Collins, and we hear some other names. Some, actually, that I haven't heard of. And Kate's all ready for, like, getting dinner going and all, all that stuff. Oh, actually, before the whole, uh, anyway. Um, Kate is the one that leads Jackie over to the couch, and Jackie is just, like, amazed. Like, wow, look at this place. It's gorgeous. It really is. Since season four in the house had a makeover to the living room impeccably beautiful. It's got like a grayish white soft area rug and I just I love the striped satiny you know couch matching chair and also the glass coffee table. It just really goes great together. Yeah so Jackie sits down in the corner of the end of the couch and 
Edward and Rick sit down next to her and simultaneously cross their leg over their knee. Huh, like father, like son. And of course, Jackie just looks kind of flattered, like, oh my gosh, look at this attention wherever I go. Kate, of course, sees this and tells Edward, basically, make yourself scarce. Go get us some wine. And he's like, huh, what? She's like, wine, go get us some wine. Of course, Edward's trying to be cool. Like, hey, you want that on the rocks or straight up? And <laughs> Jackie's like, hey, why don't we live dangerously and I'll take it straight up. So basically, what is that? Like, just straight up poured in a glass. I thought on the rocks meant popping some ice cubes in there. So, so as soon as Edward vacates his seat, Rick is like right in there practically sitting in Jackie's lap. It's like, oh my goodness. And Kate is not, like, she can sense, it's like, she's like, <clears throat> like, Rick, move your butt. I want to sit next to my friend, I haven't seen her in years, and I really don't think she needs you, like, practically in her lap, licking her face. But Kate sits down right next to Jackie, and Jackie's like, oh, Kate, you look wonderful, you never changed your hairstyle. And this look crosses Kate's face. I can't tell whether she feels insulted or what. Because season three, Kate did have short hair that was just below her ears. And it was really pretty. But I like this look here. With just the straight, soft, brown hair. I mean, as good as, you know, Jackie looks. But she does, I don't want to say, like, she looks like a total hot mess. Because she doesn't. Because she's more, you know, dressing for her job. And, you know, she's interviewing rock stars and stuff. So she got to dress, you know, 20 years younger, I guess. I don't know. So Kate, of course, wants to know Jackie's secret. Like, how do you stay so young looking? And Jackie's like, well, I have to because I'm the only one. There's no one... They're under the age, or, um, over the age of 25, other than me. <laughs> it's like, yeah, she's gotta, gotta, you know, keep up with, you know, the young'uns, I guess. <laughs> so, Jackie says she is the editor of Rad Magazine, which is the greatest rock magazine in the world next to, like, Rolling Stone, according to Rick. Because he's like, oh, wow, I just brought, bought the latest issue yesterday. I'm surprised he doesn't have a subscription to it. So Jackie kind of gives Rick a little bit of a tidbit, a sneak peek on the following month's issue. Like, I'm doing a spread on Mike and the Mechanics. And I want to look up Mike and the Mechanics, see what songs that they've done that maybe I might have heard of. Now, I just looked up Mike and the Mechanics on YouTube, and I had no idea. I haven't heard this song in years. The Living Years. This is such a sad and beautiful and it just breaks your soul apart type of song. Oh my god. I had no idea that they, you know, because I'll recognize songs, but sometimes I won't recognize the artist, especially if it's like a band from the 80s, even though I was born in 82. But still, I'm like, oh my god, I love this song!
I want to put this song on my playlist. Oh my god. Okay, they also did All I Need is a Miracle, which I'm definitely familiar with that song. What's There's this other one. It's called Silent Running. I wonder if I've heard of that. Remember back in the day when they did, back in the day, when they did music videos that just had stories to them? Now, this Silent Running doesn't sound familiar to me, but it just, it's a sad looking video just at 1 minute and 44 seconds of... Looks like it's a, a parents fighting. The kid is staring at a Polaroid of his parents. You know, probably a family picture when his parents were happy. And it's just like, oh my gosh, these songs cut deep. So I love <laughs> It's kind of funny because Kate is sitting in the middle between Jackie and Rick. And they're both having this animated conversation. I love how Kate is like sitting forward. So like Jackie and Rick are like talking practically through her to the point where Kate kind of ages herself with a comment that she makes like clearly she's not on the music scene Mike was in Genesis Mike from Mike and the Mechanics was in Genesis guy this is 1986 right I don't know my music stuff I just know I like the songs and Jackie of course prides herself on being the one that got that convinced Phil Collins to go on tour with Genesis. Damn, girl! And play Red. Okay, here's another band I haven't heard of. They're a band, right? Um, I want to see if there's... Ma- it's like the same thing with Mike and the Mechanics. Like, do I know any of their songs? First thing, The Living Years. Like, <gasps> I want to see if there's anything I know by Simply Red. I am learning so much from Jackie and Rick. And this was common knowledge probably back in 1986. The first thing that pops up with Simply Red on YouTube is going to be holding back the years. And I played it. I'm like, okay, I am familiar. The song does sound familiar. I wouldn't have been able to. If I'd have heard it just on the radio, not knowing the artist, not knowing the song title, I wouldn't have been able to tell you either. But I would say I recognize the song. Oh my gosh. Simply Red sing the song If You Don't Know Me By Now. I know that song. I love that song. Oh my god. This is, oh my gosh. This is, I am learning so much. Oh my gosh. Such great songs. Oh my gosh. So this is where Kate ages herself. Clearly she's probably never heard of Simply Red. She and Rick probably don't even listen to the same music. Kate is definitely one. She likes going to the opera, probably likes classical music and stuff like that. But she's like, oh, Simply Red! What do his friends call him? Simp? And I'm like, oh, Kate. Because they just... Jackie and Rick look at Kate like, are you serious right now? Are are you serious right now? I'm sure Kate's like, how did I stay friends with you <laughs> And I'm sure Rick's like, oh, you're my, my stepmother, everybody. Oh, boy. She is so out of tune with today's music. <laughs> Kate thinks this joke is so funny. She's actually slapping her knee. And she's, like, trying to get Rick and Jackie in, into it. And like, uh, yeah, that's not funny. Jackie probably knows Simply Red. She's like, I'm going to tell him you, this. Uh, I think the lead singer, I looked his name up, is Mick. She's like, probably like, I'm going to tell Mick you said that. Steve Howell left Asia, the group. Okay. Now, Asia's not the... No, wait. 
Toto saying Africa, right? So let me. I'm gonna see about Asia. What they saying? So yeah, perusing YouTube. Just the only song that I recognized from Asia was "Heat of the Moment," and like there are some other things from like 1982, and it just and then I kind of. There's a song in the 90s, and you definitely... It seems like some of these songs... Like, even the Bee Gees. Like, I was kind of listening to some of their songs from, like, the 70s, the 80s, and so on. And so, just... And just seeing, like, the tone of the music would change based on the decade. It almost seemed like they kind of... Just... It's, it's interesting. Such in a deep conversation with Rick, like, oh no, thanks, no. And of course, here comes Edward with this silver platter with, you know, a wine bottle and some glasses. And he's like, oh, hey, what did I miss? And Kate's like, ah, beats me. <laughs> it's like they're speaking a different language. Okay, so Kate does bring up dinner, like, oh, I hope you're hungry. I made a great dinner. And Jackie, of course, is unable, like, I'm sorry, I can't. I have an interview I gotta go to. Oh, because she says, I hope you're not planning on eating early. I gotta do an interview in an hour. Which, did she not tell Kate? Like, hey, I'm coming by. I just gotta split for a bit. For an hour. I got an interview I gotta do. And then I can come back. And I'm just kinda, yeah. I'm thinking, maybe she... Or maybe Kate is just so flustered. Like, I want everything to be perfect and great. And I really want to impress Jackie. <laughs> oh! Okay, so this was a last minute thing that they left a message for her at the airport. And it was like a last minute thing. Okay, I was gonna say, because I mean, this is 1986, so it's not like they were texting her when her plane landed. Like, hey, I gotta call you back. You gotta... Sorry. Interview. Okay, I gotta find out who the stray dogs are. Okay, I gotta wonder if this is a made-up band, because I look up stray dogs, and of course I gotta look up band or something, because otherwise it's gonna give me sad pictures and videos of poor neglected dogs. Um, but it just says, this band is called Stray Dog? Oh, there's something called Repent by Stray Dogs. Um. Hmm. Stray Cats? Stray Dog? But no stray dogs. Huh. Wait. Stray dogs banned all my... That looks like, um... A local group. Yeah, these don't look... I mean, stray dogs, probably. But not stray dogs. But I'm guessing for the show that was a made-up. They weren't making up any of the other names. Why couldn't they just say, I'm interviewing Michael J... No. <laughs> I'm interviewing... Jeff, the Jeff Healy band or something. I don't know. And she's like, oh yeah, the whole litter. I'm like, eh, okay. <laughs> I still wish they could have come up with, I mean, they came up with a name for all the other, you know, Phil Collins name dropping him and, um, Asia and, um, the, the other, <laughs> the Living Years song band. <laughs> Mike and the Mechanics. Excuse me. See, I've already forgotten. So Edward, of course, is handing her, like, some wine or champagne or whatever. Like, oh, here's to a successful interview. I'm like, so is she gonna, she's clearly gonna drive to the interview. I mean, yeah, one glass of wine or champagne is not gonna do her in. I was like, yeah, let's give you something to drink before you get behind the wheel. But she more than obliged. Like, oh, yeah, sure. Of course, he's gotta get a stray dog's joke. And, oh, don't forget to wear your flea collar. Like, oh, Edward, your jokes are not funny. But Edward does look amazing 
in that light electric, well, kind of bluish, I don't know how to describe it, but he, he it really makes his blue eyes pop. So Jackie's like, hey, I gotta go, but Kate, come on, come with me, meet the stray dogs. And that's clearly not Kate's thing. She didn't even know about Simply Red, but then again, neither did I. But my excuse is because I was like five years old in 1987, so I'm sure in 1987 I was listening to like Dolly Parton and early Reba McIntyre and Conway Twitty and whatever else was on the country radio station. Randy Travis. No, I mean, she's, nah, I don't want to do that. But, of course, Rick is like, <coughs> and Kate's like, no, Rick, I don't think Jackie wants you bothering her while she's working. But, no, Jackie's like, yeah, Rick, come on, let's go meet the street dogs. <laughs> but Kate's like, well, wait a minute. Rick, what about Alfonso? Henrik's like, I'll see him at school tomorrow. <laughs> it's just Alfonso. <laughs> oh, she makes it. Kate makes a joke. We go, oh, no thanks. I already saw them on Wild Kingdom. What? Uh, another joke. Okay, what exactly is Rick wearing? He's wearing like a shirt that's got like gray and black and like pink camels on it. Is that a camel or is that a is that a deer? Is that a Bull? I can't tell. Like shadows of animals that like run along the, the back and the front of his... It almost... I mean, could it qualify as a Christmas sweater if it's not red and green? It's like pink gray. It's like... And it's a, like a light like Pepto-Bismol foundation pink against gray. A gray bass. All the gray background. If she offered, like, to Rick, then, I mean, if she didn't want him hanging around, I mean, he's 17, it's not like he's 12. It's not like he's going, like, hey, whoa, you got a stapler, Ooh, I'm gonna staple something. I'm gonna, like, come on. Or I'm gonna, let's see if I can get these staples into this trash can. He's not gonna do that, he's 17. He wants to go meet the stray dogs, then let him meet the stray dogs. Maybe he'll learn something about music. Remember that time that he was a DJ? In the way we weren't. Yeah. Alright then. <laughs> what about Alfonso? Oh, Edward's the one that asked about Alfonso. And we're just like, yeah, I'll... Yeah, it's just Alfonso. I'll see him at school tomorrow. Who cares? Like, I'm gonna meet the stray dogs. Like, Alfonso would understand. If he were in my place, he'd ditch me too. Like, yeah, I'll have more to tell him. I bet he'll be the envy of every kid's... I got to meet the stray dogs! Who? <laughs> I kind of wonder if they're going to be concerned like you really want to let your hornball of a 17 year old son slash stepson go out with your 30 something year old college friend it was college that they met right it wasn't high school seems like everyone that's related or a friend to Kate from Columbus, Ohio is literally coming out of the woodwork. We met her grandma this season. We met Uncle Harry a season or two ago. And he stuck around longer than I liked. Um, her parents, her mom, and then her recasted mom and her father who both look like her grandparents. And I'm just like, Fran Drescher, another friend. It's like, Fran, Kate's got friends coming out of the woodwork. Like, constantly, constantly. Do you have any friends in New York? 
Because, like I said, I mean, Whitney Houston, she... Like, oh, this is my old friend from college. Apparently, you know, Whitney Houston, did she come from Columbus, Ohio, too? Oh, Kate's a little jelly because Jackie's spending time with Ricky. Or with with Ricky. I haven't called him Ricky in ages. With Rick in, instead of her. If you think about it, between Kate, who's a vice president of a toy company, and Jackie, who interviews musicians, rock stars for a magazine, who's got the more exciting life? <laughs> Although, if you think about it, who's the one who's making bank? Kate or Jackie? And vice president's pretty dang good. It's not like Edward's toy company is like that of, like, Hasbro or Mattel or uh, the Parker Brothers or... I can't think of any other toy companies. <laughs> Fisher Price? The Lego company? Well, so far it's been a fun visit. <laughs> Honey, they'll be back in a little while. Edward, mm. uh, do you think she looks younger than I do? Oh, come on, Kate. Don't Kate. answer that, Edward. Don't answer that. Oh, Edward. <laughs> It took me two hours to make that stupid dessert. I enjoyed it. I made it for Jackie. I enjoyed hers too. <laughs> what did she make that took two helping, hours? Edward. They're right there. Honestly. Chill. Guys, what a night. <laughs> I'm like really sorry that we're late, but the group had a couple of new songs they wanted to try out, and then they asked us to eat with them. You ate with the stray dogs? Yeah. All right, what kind of food? Dry or moist? <laughs> my God. Dad, they actually asked my opinion about the songs. It was great. I told them the arrangement needs more guitar. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'm sure they appreciated that. Yeah. He was a big hit. They told him to learn an instrument, and they make him a stray dog. That's what we've always wanted for Rick. <laughs> Well, Jackie, what do you want to do now? <clears throat> Aren't you a little bit tired, buddy? Tired? Boy, I sure know I am. Yeah, me too. Night, Dad. Night, Kate. Good night, Jackie. Oh, good night, Rick. <laughs> That's some young man you got there. Yeah, he's also a 17-year-old teenager. So, it's after 11. Kate's irritated. It's like, you know, I planned this so she could hang out with me. That was the whole point. And I even took two hours to make a dessert. And she was talking about, like, the dinner she made. And it's because it's, like, 11 o'clock. They left at 5. It's like, it's been six hours. Where the heck are they? Edward's like, well, I like the dessert. And Kate's like, yeah, well, I made it for Jackie. And he's like, well, I liked hers too. I was like, he ate everybody's dessert except for Kate's. Oh my goodness. I, I, two hours to make a dessert. I bet she made like a souffle or something, right? Some like, or like a creme brulee type thing where you gotta have like one of those blowtorch things to singe the top or make a bubble. So, of course, in rolls Jackie and Rick. He's got a couple of drumsticks. Maybe they stray dogs autographed them. They hung around, listened to a few songs, wanted Rick's opinion. He said it needs more guitar. 
And he had a fun time. They both had a fun time. And of course, she, Jackie takes off her jacket and she's wearing like a low cut top. Like low cut top. And I noticed that Kate's eyes go right to that. Almost like, that seems inappropriate to be wearing around my 17 year old stepson. And Edward's like, hey Rick, you think it's time to go to sleep now? I mean, it's past your bedtime. I don't know what his curfew is. And Jackie kisses Rick on the cheek, and then, of course, he kisses her on the cheek back, and he leaves, and Jackie makes herself comfortable on the arm of the couch, and it's like, wow, that's a fine young man you have there. And I'm like, what? You know what? He's also a 17-year-old boy. He's still a child. So you need to calm yourself. I swear, if this episode has that, Mrs. Robinson, you're trying to seduce me, aren't you? Like, or a reference to The Graduate, I wouldn't be surprised. Looks like, not Kate, <laughs> Jackie looks like she's wearing this, le- this leather, not a halter top, but it just, like, um, I don't even know if you'd call it, like, a boosty, something, it's a sleeveless, um, shoulderless, just above the booble area top. Dressed like all in blue. So she says, ooh, that's some young man you got there. And she's like, her voice is just seductive and husky. And it's like, they've been gone for five hours or six hours like come on i want to i want to hear more about the details of what they were doing other than hanging that's the whole six hours just listening to music hanging interviewing the band and all of that and, and i'm sorry but if that were my son or stepson and my old friends said that to me i'm like um you know what my young man that you're talking about is also 17 years old he's a minor so get your head out of the clouds or what you're thinking because what you're thinking if you're thinking it is highly illegal granted i get it it's 1987 and he's a young man and she's an older lady and i'm just like i don't like this i don't like it but now that i think about it is rick still 16 or is he 17 at this point Kate, of course, is really uncomfortable, and Edward kind of does a little, but he just smiles politely. <laughs> oh, Jackie's been there hanging out for three days, and Kate's complaining because she hasn't gotten to spend any time with her. Is it because Jackie's spending all her time with Rick? Maybe. Okay, she's here on business. I got it. Okay. So then she hails from Ohio and came into New York on business. Said, hey, Kate, I'm in the area. While I'm here, why don't we get together, hang out for a bit? All I'm saying is that Jackie's been here for three days and I haven't spent any time with her. Well, honey, she is here on business. Oh, I know. Well, I thought you are going to spend time with her tonight at the restaurant. Yeah, but you and Dexter are going to be there. Well, the dinner is for Dexter. And I'm paying for it, so I guess we kind of have to be there. <laughs> know what I mean. I, I just haven't had a chance to talk to her yet. I heard you talking to her. I mean about important things like careers and politics and world peace. Wow, what? Girl talk. No one wants to talk about that. So I want you to meet her, okay? No, okay, fine. Yeah. Hi. Anyone for pizza? Pizza? Uh, we're taking Dexter out to dinner tonight. To a very expensive restaurant. I don't spoil your appetite. I forgot all about it. Look, guys, I don't have to go, do I? Kate always makes me wear a tie. 
You don't have to go. I'll wear the tie. <laughs> Great, I'll take my dinner in the kitchen. I picked Rick up after school. He wanted me to meet a few of his friends. Oh, I hope you weren't too bored. Bored? I was asked to the senior prom. Twice. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bet. Uh, Jack, okay. don't forget that rock video you promised to show me. I'll go get it. Rick, it's really nice of you to spend so much time with Jackie. Oh, I don't mind, Kate. Besides, it's nice to talk to a grown-up who doesn't make you feel like a kid. Do I make you feel like a kid? Mm, sure, but that's your job. <laughs> it's both of our jobs. And by the way, you're both very good at it. <laughs> anyway, Jackie is so cool, Kate. Yeah. It's hard to even imagine that you two were classmates. I got it! Great, you can point out all the people you know. It's a new group from London called the Falling Bridges. Do you want to see it? Oh, I can't. I lost my bifocals. <laughs> oh, stop it. Do I detect a note of jealousy? Uh, yeah. Jealousy? Rick. Why should I be jealous? I mean, just because Rick idolizes a woman who's on the first name basis with the rich and the famous, and she jet sets to all the romantic places in the world. Come on, honey. Didn't you go to Germany just last month? That was a business trip. Besides, it wasn't Germany. It was Bulgaria. Ho, ho, ho. Sounds like we have two teenagers in the house. Yeah, one of them's my age. <laughs> so, yeah, they're going out with Dexter to celebrate, you know, the whole uh, you don't owe anything for taxes dinner. And Kate is like, well, me and Jackie, you know, when are we going to have our girl time to talk about, what you say, careers, politics, and the environment or whatever. I'm like, Jackie does not le look like someone who would be into talking about uh, that at all. It's like, and even Rick, uh, well, because Jackie and Rick come rolling in, she picked him up from school. He wanted her to meet his friends. They got a pizza. And I was like, oh, well, we're going to Dexter, you know, dinner with Dexter and whatnot. A very expensive restaurant, and Edward is going to pay. So Jackie's like, I'm sorry, I forgot. It completely slipped my mind. Rick, of course, is like, oh, well, I don't have to go, right? I mean, Kate always makes me wear a tie. I'm like, Rick, how many times did your mom come in to take you out to an expensive dinner at Bernard's by the Bay and always made you wear a tie and a suit? Come on. So, yeah, luckily, Rick doesn't have to go. He's got his pizza. So he's set. Of course, it's like, hey, Jackie, you said you're going to show me that tape of that new band. Or that rock video. So while she's going to get that, it, Rick's like, wow, Kate, I can't even believe that you and Jackie were classmates. It's like, you two are nothing alike, basically. And it's like, well, they really aren't. They're two vastly different people, whereas I think eventually this is going to come to a head at some point. And Edward's like, you know, Kate, you do seem a bit jealous because Rick's taking all of Jackie's time and you're... I honestly, I gotta wonder what Jackie kind of sees in Kate as far as... Or even, I mean, Jackie's living an exciting lifestyle, you know? She's going off to, you know, do interviews in exotic romantic places, apparently, is what Kate says, you know. Well, and the thing is, I mean, Kate and Jackie are the same age, but it's like 
Jackie's not married. She doesn't have kids to tie her down or any of that stuff. And she's free to be able to kind of come and go as she pleases. And also, you know, the perks of, you know, with her job and everything. Whereas Kate, she's a vice president of a company. She's got responsible. But they're so vastly different. I mean, because Edward's like, wow. Because they hear that music blaring from the library because there's a TV in there. And it's like, wow, it seems like we got two teenagers in the house. And Kate's like, yeah, one of them's my age. It's like... Yeah, I really gotta wonder, like, whatever, however they got along as, you know, teenagers or in college or whenever they met. They're so vastly different now that it's almost like they have next to nothing nothing in common. I mean, like I said, Kay wants to talk politics and careers and the environment. And Jackie doesn't look like that, that looks like that would bore her. So, now Dexter, Edward, and Kate are at this fancy, expensive dinner. What in the world is he putting in front of Dexter? Is this a flaming cake or something? Or something that's got, like, on fire? How would you want to bet Kate is going to complain the whole time about Jackie? To the point where Edward's like, honey, if you don't want to be here, if you're so concerned about Jackie... Because so far, there's been nothing about, wow, Jackie's hitting on Rick. Or my guess is, because like I say, I don't watch these episodes ahead of time. My guess is they come home and they see Rick and Jackie making out on the couch or something to that effect. Because otherwise, why the synopsis of Rick is, or Jackie's more into Rick than hanging out with Kate. Or or maybe it's one of those things where Jackie thinks, oh, I'm getting so old. Oh, this 17-year-old boy's into me. That makes me feel young and being, you know, in the music scene and everything. Because that's why she has to dress young because she's the only one over the age of 25 at, you know, her her company. and I I don't know. Let's see how this is going to go. I bet anything that Kate is just going to start complaining, Jackie this, Jackie that, Jackie doesn't want to spend time with me. I set aside my whole schedule so that way we could hang out and blah, 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 blah. Oh, my goodness. Chocolate mousse, my favorite. Is that what that is? Sure, you want to have some, Dex? Oh, no, thank you. <laughs> Come on, it's our treat. Don't be bashful. I know, I just don't want to get fats. Oh, Dexter, you did not just say that. Unlike you, I can't eat what I want and stay slim and beautiful. Mm. That was good. Yeah, nice save, Dex. So tell me more about this Jackie person I was supposed to meet tonight. Oh, well, she couldn't make it. She got sick. What is she like? Oh, she's terrific. She's bright, she's funny, she's young-looking, beautiful. You really like her. Are you kidding? She's a... Excuse me, your wife is sitting right there, guy. You need okay. to shut up. type... Mm-hmm. Honey, would you like to dance? You can dance with your foot in your mouth. Yeah. Well, will you look at that? She's old enough to be his mother. Maybe she is his mother. Ew. I certainly hope not. <laughs> I don't believe you two. Really? I was an older man and a younger woman. What's the matter with that? Yeah, you know, it's normal for a man. And for a woman, it's abnormal? No, it's not abnormal. It's, it's sick. <laughs> for your information, Jackie, who Edward thinks the world of, dates a lot of younger guys. 
Yeah? Mm-hmm. How much younger? Oh, pretty young. She told me she dated Johnny Rival. Who? Ooh. <laughs> the Johnny Rival, the rock star? Mm-hmm. Not much older than Rick. No. Yeah, it was a little more than just dating, if you know what I mean. Ooh. She hopped in the session. Well, that's every young boy's fantasy, isn't it? To make it with a sexy, older woman. <laughs> and you say Rick is seeing a lot of this Jackie? Uh, yeah, think about that, guys. Uh-huh. As long as it's not your son. It's totally... Thanks for the dinner. Oh, he's cute. He's got the jack. Eat that moose. So... Derek, why do I why did I say Derek? Dexter wants to know about Jackie and Edward. She's like, oh, she's beautiful. She's young. She's this. She's that. She's successful. It's like, you know, Kate's a little bit younger than than Edward. It's like your wife is right there, dude, and you're talking about her best friend. Like, oh, we're not to get with that. Like, dude, stop. And of course, Edward. <laughs> Oh, Kate's like, oh, yeah, I mean, she's always hitting up, like, the younger guys that are, you know, younger than her. And she was talking about this one rock star, Johnny something or other. And it's like, wow, he's old enough. He's almost Rick's age. Or he's just a little bit older than Rick. And she's like, yeah, and they were not just friends. They were, like, uh, involved, like... If you know what I mean, and it's like, <laughs> really? And of course, there's like a a guy probably close to Edward's age, and a lady who is like, oh, wait, he looks old enough to be his mother. So kind of like a cougar type of situation. And Kate is like, I can't believe you two. What? <sighs> like gross. Like okay, so it's fine for for that, but as far as for an older lady going after a much, you know, younger guy or something. I, I don't know. It's like, it starts getting into Edward's head. It's like, that could be Kate's friend having her way with your 17-year-old under the age of 18 illegal son right now. And they, I mean, they, they get up and they can't get out of that restaurant fast enough. Of course they leave uh, Dexter with the bill and that chocolate mousse because he's like, well, I better eat it because I guess I'm paying for it now. It's like, Edward, you should have just paid the check beforehand, but I'm sure he'll pay Dexter back for that. So, Kate and Edward get home and of course Rick and Jackie are nowhere to be found. Let me guess, they start looking at him like, I wonder if they're in his room. Oh boy. Honestly, if this is just a, they think this is going to happen, something's happening between Jackie and Rick, but it isn't, it's like, or they're insinuating, it's like, then why whoever put that synopsis? I don't know. Why do I, why does it, I'm making it sound like I want this to happen between, like, I, mm, I really don't. My guess is they're going to catch them either in a compromising position or an almost compromising position, you know, between Jackie and Rick. Or it's going to be, like, look like something when it isn't something and then Jackie's going to be offended. Like, why would you think I would want to hit on your 17-year-old son slash stepson? That's illegal. Like, do I look like I'm into jailbait? <laughs> Rick? Jackie? Oh, they don't seem to be down here. What oh, about no. the library? 
Oh my god! Rick! Oh, you guys got home early. Oh! He's just wearing a robe! Dude! Where, where'd you get that robe? Oh, it's a thank you present from Jackie. You know Dad for Is showing her a good time. Is he not wearing underwear? Oh no. Is he like Will naked you stop underwear? Saying, oh no. So, uh. Where is Jackie? She was up in bed last time I saw her. Whoa! Oh. <laughs> Who's that? Uh, I think I'll go upstairs and see how my sick friend is. Oh. And by the way, Kate, she feels a lot better now. <laughs> I bet she does, young man. <laughs> I have that talk <coughs> again. Uh, <clears throat> what? <laughs> what? <clears throat> Rick, what? happened tonight <laughs> dad 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 <laughs> dad what tonight, did you do man i had the most incredible experience of my whole life i bet <laughs> incredible experience do you want to Talk about it? Well, Talk about it. Dad, I feel like opening the front door and letting the whole world know. Oh, he is wearing boxers. Okay, I was going to say. I thought he was naked in that. <laughs> Dad, I spoke to Bruce Springsteen. Oh. <laughs> you already told somebody? No, that's the exciting experience. <laughs> Bruce Springsteen? Yeah, Dad, Jackie called him in Japan where he's on tour. I spoke to Bruce for over an hour. Oh. He asked me who my favorite group is, my favorite band. That, my fa that was the experience? Was it ever? Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> I think I have to sit down. You're fine. Well, I'm glad you feel better. Yeah, I mean, it must have been a flu or something. Yeah, well, I hear something is going around. Sure hope Rick doesn't get it. He spent the whole evening up here. Whoa. Guess you and Rick had quite a night. <laughs> yeah, I guess we did. And Bruce was such a sweetheart. Bruce? How many kids did you have up here? Bruce Springsteen. I let Rick talk to him in Japan. And that's what you and Rick did tonight? Isn't that enough? Yeah, well, that's enough, all right. Whose bedroom oh, is that? What a I mean, it's perfect. Perfect. Wait a minute. What do you think we did up here? Uh, nothing, nothing. Yeah, right. Oh, my God, he's your stepson. That's gross. I mean, you really think I'd come here and hit on your stepson? Uh, no, no, of course not. It's just that, well... You live a, a rather bizarre lifestyle. Bizarre, okay. That's I'm very sorry cool. my lifestyle doesn't measure up to yours. Jeez, I didn't Kate. say that. I think you've got a great lifestyle. Really? You I, said bizarre. You always did. What does that mean? I mean, you were honor student, valedictorian, most popular girl on <laughs> campus. Everybody always loved Jackie. Someone's jealous. You were jealous of me. Were? I, I still am. Why? Why? Look at you. You've still got it all together. And everything just falls into place. And everybody still loves Jackie. And why shouldn't they? 
I mean, who could resist someone with such an exciting life? Oh, exciting. Yeah, I mean, one minute you're on your way to Rome, and then it's London or Paris. Or Cleveland. Or Buffalo. Or Fargo. I've never in one place long enough to get my laundry done, let alone meet someone. Well, you meet lots of guys. I mean, you even dated Johnny Rival. Oh, he's a kid, Kate. That's who I spend my time with, kids. That's right. Well, what about all the glamour? You know, meeting all those celebrities? That part's not so bad. Yeah. <laughs> but it sure doesn't compare with what you've got. Me? <gasps> you've got this beautiful home. A husband who loves you. A son who brags about you. You're president of your own company. Rick brags about me? Every chance he gets. Eh? <laughs> I, uh, I guess from where I stood, the grass looked a lot greener. Because you couldn't see the weeds. <laughs> yep. Oh, Jackie. I'm sorry for what I was thinking. Well, you should be. <laughs> Forgive me? Oh, hey. We're friends, aren't we? still want to be my friend? <laughs> uh, jealous, Kate? <laughs> you know, I'm a busy woman, Kate. I don't have time to make new friends, so I'd better hang on to the ones I've got. Aw, that's Aww, sweet. you always <laughs> didn't know the right things to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why they made me class valedictorian. <laughs> Could I ask you something... Personal. Oh, well. What? Well, you look so fantastic. I was wondering, did you ever have anything lifted? No. Well, a real friend would have said yes. <laughs> this dinner with Dexter, Edward, and Kate. And she's talking about... Jackie being with a young 18, 19 year old rock star. And of course, Edward and Dexter are like, ooh. I mean, and Dexter's even like, well, isn't it every boy's fantasy to make it with an older woman? It's like, guys, come on now. And this was the thing back, back then. Why is it always the younger guy with the older girl? But if you switch the genders around, where it's a younger girl and an older guy, it is predatory as heck. It's just it's absolutely revolting. Like, get your pitchforks. Why is that such a double standard? It's hor- I mean, either way, it's horrible anyway. I mean, there are even songs about young, you know, guys being with older ladies. The Garth Brooks song, um, That Summer. Exactly like that. <laughs> um, another one with a young girl being with a college-age guy. Um, what was it? What's her name? Not, so the song Strawberry Wine by, uh, not gonna, Deanna something. I gotta look up the name. Hold on. Oh, Dina Carter um, did the Strawberry Wine song. Let's see here. Okay. 
He was working through college on my grandpa's grandpa's farm. I was thirsting for knowledge, and he had a car. I was caught somewhere between a woman and a child. One when one restless summer, we found love growing wild on the banks of the river of a, on a well-beaten path. It's funny how those mom- memories they last, like strawberry wine. In seventeen, the hot July moon saw everything. My first taste of love, oh bittersweet, green on the vine, like strawberry wine. I still remember when 30 was old, and my biggest fear was September when he had to go. So clearly she's 17, and he's probably like college age or close to it. They kept in touch, you know, a few cards and letters and one long distance call. They drifted away like leaves in the fall, but year after year, she says, I come back to this place just to remember the taste of straw, and then of course, of course, strawberry wine and 17, the hot July moon, saw everything. My first taste of love of, oh, bittersweet, green on the vine, like strawberry wine. The fields have grown over now, years since they've seen the plow. There's nothing time hasn't touched. Is it really him or the loss of my innocence I've been missing so much? And I want to look up that summer by, because that's actually, you know, from a teenage girl and, you know, an older guy. But, of course, Garth Brooks's That Summer, of course, I mean, if you're familiar with, you know, country music of the 90s, Garth Brooks was big. I mean, he was one of the ones I listened to growing up. All right, here are the lyrics for that. And then I'll get back to the episode. I went to work for her that summer. It's always during the summer. These songs always during the summer. A teenage kid so far from home. She was a lonely widow woman, hell-bent to make it on her own. We were a thousand miles from nowhere, wheat fields as far as I could see, both needing something from each other, not knowing yet what that might be. Till she came to me one evening, hot cup of coffee and a smile, in a dress that I was certain... She hadn't worn in quite a while. There was a difference in her laughter. There's a, there was a softness in her eyes. Now in the air, there was a hunger even a boy could recognize. She had a need to feel the thunder, to chase the lightning from the sky, to watch a storm with all its wonder, raging in her lover's eyes. She had to ride the heat of passion, like a comet burning bright, rushing headlong in the wind, out where only dreams have been, burning both ends of the night. That summer wind was all around me, nothing between us but the night. When I told her that I'd never, she whis- she softly whispered, that's all right. And then I watched her hands of leather turn to velvet in a touch. There's never been another summer when I have ever learned so much. We had a need to feel the thunder to chase the lightning from the sky, to watch a storm with all its wonder raging in each other's eyes. We had to ride the heat of a, of passion, like a comet burning bright, rushing headlong in the wind, out where only dreams have been, burning both ends of the night. I often think about that summer, the sweat, the moonlight, and the lace, and I have rarely held another when I haven't seen her face and every time I pass a wheat field and watch it dancing with the wind although I know it isn't real I just can't help but feel her hungry arms again she had a need to feel the thunder to chase the lightning from the sky to watch the storm with all its wonder raging in her lover's eyes 
She had to ride the heat of passion, like a comet burning bright, rushing headlong in the wind, only where, out where only dreams have been, burning both ends of the night. So yeah, oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, this is Garth Brooks. I think Garth Brooks in country was the 90s, you know, between him and Reba McIntyre and you know, George Strait was another one, um, Tim McGraw. Um, I'm trying to think, what was this? A movie that came out in, I think it was like 08, or was it 09? I think it was 08, that Kate Winslet, and it was called The Reader, and that was about a young boy in, I think it was like Germany. And it was like in the like the forties, I think it was, and he was about fifteen. Kate Winslet's character was well into her thirties, and it's about his relationship with her. You know, his first time being with a girl, being with this woman, and you know she leaves, and then he moves on to college, and it's like every girl that he's been with, it's like he can't be with them the way. He probably wants to because all he can see is and is this girl. It's like these first time experiences last longer than the moment itself. It just and the way that it affects you. I mean, that's kind of what I wanted to say about the lyrics and stuff, guys. Look, up, get Garth Brooks. It's not on. His music is it's hard to find. You probably have to look up eBay because you can't find Garth Brooks on Spotify. You can barely find him on YouTube. You might be able to find people doing covers of songs. I think that music video of what's it called? Standing Outside the Fire. Remember the boy with Down Syndrome who wanted to run track and everything like that? And his dad's like no, I don't want you doing that. You're going to make a fool of me. You're going to embarrass yourself. But his mom was the boy's mom was, you know, pushing him like, no, do this. You you can do this. I know you can. I'm going to help you train to be you know, a runner and everything. And on the day of the cross-country race, or is it track, the kid's running and he ends up, like, jumping over, but kind of his back foot hits that, um, you know, the things that there's, the track guys or girls are supposed to jump over, I don't know what it's called, but his back foot hits it, he goes down, his face is bloody, and you just see... His dad stands up in the stands and he is just clapping for his son like, I'm so proud of you. That is such an amazing music video. I just, back in the 90s, like, music videos were the best, 80s, 90s, even, um, Tim McGraw's Don't Take the Girl from 1994. Amazing, it just rips your heart out emotionally. But, alright, let's get back to this. Edward and Kate, don't see Rick or Jackie anywhere. Remember how Kate said, well... Apparently Jackie's sick. She can't make the dinner. And they're like, well, I don't see Rick. He's not in his... You know, they're just in the living room. And then all of a sudden, Rick comes out of the kitchen wearing a red... It literally looks like a Hugh Hefner smoking jacket. And he looks like he's not wearing anything underneath. And he's just smiling ear to ear. So, of course, Edward and Kate think the worst. Like, oh my gosh, my son has been deflowered by this 30-something-year-old lady. Because 
Rick's even sitting on the, and at first I'm like, is he naked? You even hear me say, is he naked under that? And he sits on the couch. And I'm like, oh my gosh, if he's naked, he's sitting, his bare butt is on the couch. No, he was wearing boxer shorts. But, um, Kate decides to go up and see Jackie if she's sick or not. They immediately think, oh, clearly because Rick's just wearing a robe and next to nothing under it. That something happened. And Rick's like, Dad, I gotta tell you about this experience I had. And Edward's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Son was just a flower by this 30-something-year-old lady. <laughs> oh, no, the experience Rick tells him about is the fact that he was on the phone for an hour with Bruce Springsteen. Jackie was able to get him while he was in Japan on his tour. And Rick, and he's just asking Rick, like, what's your favorite band? What do you like to eat? This and that. Just, oh my god. And I bet anything. I mean, Bruce Springsteen in 1986? Hoo-hoo! I just honestly love when Rick comes out in that red smoking jacket with the black lapels and just the look on Kate and Edward's face is like, oh my gosh, my son, my stepson. They are like, oh my gosh, his innocence. Oh, and apparently the robe, that's a gift from Jackie. It's not just a gift, it's a thank you present from Jackie. Thanking him for what? What did you do? Oh, and Rick is just, oh, he is pleased as punch. He is just reclining on the couch, throwing his arms back. He's like, yeah, it's a thank you gift for, you know, showing her a good time. I'm like, whoa. Uh, the innuendos are just flying. Their minds are just, oh my gosh. And <laughs> the, fact, the way that Rick, and he's holding an apple, and it's funny because you know how apples and, you know, virtuous and everything like that, virtue, and Kate's like, well, where is Jackie? And Rick's like, oh, well, yeah, she was in bed the last time I saw her, and it's like, oh, everyone's implying, like, oh, they clearly slept together. It's like, no. If Rick were any younger than 17, like, say he were, like, 14, 15, they would be on the phone with the police. Okay, it's like, I think I'll go upstairs and see how well my sick friend is. And Rick's like, oh yeah, Kate, by the way, she's feeling much better now. They are really honing it in here, these innuendos about just the wording and everything that's coming, pouring out of Rick's mouth, making it seem like, oh yeah, he just... Kate, Jackie just betted a 17 year old. <laughs> Sorry, but no way in heck if that actually had happened would Rick's first time have been any enjoyment for Jackie. I can't imagine. I mean, how successful are and is anyone's first time really as far as being considered enjoyable? I know, I know, this is clean podcast and everything. I know I'm kind of going over the edge, and I apologize. But just the subject matter and everything. (laughs) You just look at Rick's face, and I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, seriously. 1986, if I were a teenager, I would just be eating this up. Literally, like he's eating this apple. Wow. It literally looks... From the time that he walked out of the kitchen with that apple to the him reclining on the couch here, it looks like he's just wearing a robe and nothing else underneath. And granted, no, he's not wearing a shirt, but uh, we do see later he is actually wearing boxer shorts, which, thank goodness. Don't want bare teenage Rick's butt on that couch. Well, I'm sure Edward and Kate don't. Edward is just trying to get the words out, like, Rick, what the... 
what happened tonight? And Rick is just so suave and confident. He's like, oh, dad, dad, dad. <laughs> the moment he pulls his feet off of the coffee table and sets them onto the carpeted floor in front of the couch, you can tell, yeah, he's wearing boxers. He's wearing underwear. Rick stands up, puts a hand on Edward's shoulder and says, Dad, tonight I had one of the most incredible experiences of my life. Oh my god. <laughs> and Edward is just literally shook, emotionally shook. Like, dude, if this were your daughter saying this to one of your friends, like your old like band buddy, from the Return of the Paisley experience, your butt would be beating down his door. You would be beating down his door. And this would be a very different conversation. I honestly, I mean, I gotta hand it to Edward. It's not like he's clapping his son on the shoulder like, hey, good for you, son. Good for you. I'm, pr I'm just, wow, that's great. And sharing and like, give me the deet, you know? He's not doing that. He's being like, he's concerned. He's worried. It's like, you know, Jackie's old enough, literally the same age as, you know, Kate. And this just honestly makes me think of, if you watch this show, Everwood, in season two, the character of Ephraim, who is the son of Andy Brown, they hire a, a nanny, whatever you want to call her, babysitter-ish for the, you know, Ephraim's younger, you know, 10-year-old sister, Delia. And the thing is, the girl Madison, the babysitter, is like 20 years old and Ephraim is 16. And there's an episode where Andy, Dr. Brown, finds, you know, his 16-year-old son and a 20-year-old, you know, making out. And of course he raises Hook because it's like, that is illegal. He's a minor and she is all, she is a literal adult, almost 21. It's like, you two may like each other, but this is still against the law. And, and the thing is, even, you know, he said to Madison when he was sitting down talking with her, like, he may seem like an old soul, but he is still 16-year-old boy and he is not ready for a relationship like this or just ready to handle the maturity that comes with having a sexual relationship. And even maybe that could be what Edward is thinking about Rick. Like, yeah, you're... And the way that he and Dexter were joking about oh, yo, I mean, because the guy that they were staring at in that restaurant was like probably... Oh, the guy looked like he was in his 30s and was dating someone who was like mid-50s. So that isn't bad, but it's all about it just seems like it's just double standards here. But then again, like I said a 30-something year old guy a 50-plus year old lady not a big issue a 17 year old, 16, 17 year old with a 30-something year old? Yeah. That is definitely not okay. And Edward's like, oh, you want to talk about it? And Rick jumps out of the couch. He's like, Dad, I want to shout it from the rooftops. And it's like, get down off the couch. No, your father needs to know before you tell the whole world. And Rick is like, Dad, I spoke to Bruce Springsteen. And Edward, of course, is like freaking like, oh my gosh, you already told somebody? It's like, 
Oh my gosh, Edward, you need to calm down. You are getting too... Yeah. Already thinking irrationally because he's thinking the worst. Now it's like, oh, he, he's like, dude, you got, you gotta, you gotta sit down, you gotta calm down and think rationally here. As soon as Rick said R Bruce Springsteen, I was like, okay, wait, wait, what now? What's going on? What about Bruce Springsteen? Because that would have brought you back down to earth for a minute. Like, okay, we were just talking about this and an experience, and now we're talking about Bruce Springsteen. Because he's, like, a little bit, uh, his mind still, yeah, to be able to connect experience and Bruce Springsteen. Finally, Edward is just kind of like, eyes like, oh, wait, oh, Bruce oh. Experience, uh, like, okay, what are you talking about? And Edward's like, Bruce Springsteen? And Rick's like, yeah, Dad, Jackie called him in Japan while he was on his tour. That is amazing, the fact that Bruce is on a tour. He's got an hour to spend chatting about whatever with a 16, 17-year-old kid. Like, well, anything for Jackie. <laughs> his favorite group, his favorite band... Just ask him all these questions. Group and band, are they kind of the same thing? Kind of? Edward finally puts two and two together. Like, wait, 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 wait. That was the experience? And Rick's like, was it ever? It's like, dude, this is amazing. He's going to be the talk of the school. Like, I mean, he's got Jackie to, like, back him up. And I mean, can you imagine? I mean, the fact she picked him up from school. There, he was. She was hanging out with his friends. And just all the stories of all the musicians that she'd met. I mean, my gosh, no wonder they were gone for so long. Oh, now we go up to... Is, what is this? Is this a... Is this a guest room? Is this Edward and Kate's bedroom? I mean, it's even... This room is so big, it's got a chase lounge on it. This has got to be a guest bedroom. Because you know that place has got a umpteen bedrooms. And umpteen... I can't even remember how many rooms from the live-in episode. But Kate is just... Her mind is going a million miles an hour thinking, My friend slept with my stepson. It's like, oh, wow, I'm glad you feel better as Jackie comes out in her uh, lingerie nighty. Like, yeah, yeah, it must have been the flu or something. It's like, oh, wow, yeah, sure, something sure has been going around. And Jackie sits at the dressing table here, kind of fixing herself up for, you know, to go to bed. And she's like, wow, yeah, you know, I hope Rick doesn't get it because he's been up here all night long. And then she brings up Bruce, and Kate's like, how many kids did you have up here? She's, she says, wow, you and Rick must have had quite a night. And Jackie's like, oh yeah, we did, and Bruce was such a sweetheart. And this is where Kate's like, how many kids did you have up here? Who is this a picture of on this night? Is this supposed to be, like, young Edward? I can't, the picture's kind of out of focus. But it's a little frame, a gold-framed photo of... It could be Edward. I, I don't know. And Jackie turns around because she's kind of fixing her hair. Her hair looks no different than it did when she first walked in the door. She's And she turns around. She looks kind of irritated with Kate. Like, Bruce Springsteen. It's almost like, what are you implying, Kate? And she says, it's Bruce Springsteen. I had Rick talk to him in Japan. Jeez, Kate, get your mind out of the gutter. I swear she didn't say, Kate, get your mind out of the gutter. And Kate's like, oh, and that's what you and Rick did tonight? And Jackie's like, yeah, isn't that enough? 
And Kate is like, oh, a weight has been lifted off of her shoulders. Like, yeah. <laughs> and she sits, Kate sits down um, on this bench that's in front of the bed. It's like, oh, what a relief. And you just see Jackie whirl around. Like, she's finally, she's connecting, like, the dots here. Like, she's probably thinking, like, what are you implying, Kate? Like, I slept with your stepson? And, and Kate, of course, sees that and says, oh, I mean, it's perfect. And this is where Jackie gets up. I'm surprised she's not, like, yelling at Kate. Like, how dare you? What do you, is this what you think of me? She's like, what do you think we did up here? And Kate, of course, is trying to cover her tracks. Like, oh, nothing, nothing. It's like, no, seriously. What do you think happened between the two of us? And Jackie's response is 100%, I mean, a- accurate, definitely positive, like, Oh my god, he's your stepson. Jeez, Kate, do you really think that less of your friend? It's like you take one thought and you run with it and your mind is going like wild at all the possibilities. This, I can understand why Jackie took offense to how Kate worded this. Like, well, I mean, you, let's face it, you live a very bizarre lifestyle. I'm like, I'd be like, uh, excuse me? She is a reporter for a magazine going here, there, and everywhere doing interviews. How is this bizarre? Because she, Kate probably thinks that Jackie goes to bed with whoever, you know, she gets with. It's like, she's probably like a groupie or sleeping with all these musicians after she interviews them. It's like, Kate, this is really low, even for you. To think, but I think it really honestly stems from, and what we'll get to is the fact that Kate is jealous of her friend and what her friend, you know, the freedom to just go here to romantic places and everything. And Jackie's like, I don't even have time to do my own laundry. I'm going here, there, and everywhere. It's like she barely can take a breath. She's going to, like, like, oh, you're going to Paris or to Rome or to this or to that. And it's just, like, or, and she's mentioned, like, or to Buffalo or to this podunk town here or there. It's, like, she doesn't get a choice in where she gets to, she doesn't get to pick where she gets to go and interview people. She's basically living out of a suitcase. She's probably on the road so much. She probably doesn't have a spare minute to herself. And the fact that she's around kids, not kids, kids, but, like, those that are younger than her. I mean, if she's, like, 34, she's probably hanging out with those that are, like, between the ages, like, 19 and and 30. So she's around young types of people all the time. More than likely, maybe, I mean, she can't, you know, Kate is different. Kate has pretty much got her feet in one spot. She's... You know, the president of a company and she's got an amazing husband who loves her and a stepson who brags about her all the time and that takes Kate by surprise like really Rick brags about me it's like all the time I mean he was always you know when we were going out he was talking about how great you are the president of your company and everything and, and Kate is just like she's just she's jealous she she's jealous of what you know Jackie has and it's just like and Jackie is like has to kind of set her straight it's like 
this isn't all glitz and, gl and glamour. This is like me on the road and going from one place to state to another, never having clean clothes and living out of a suitcase. That's that's not a life. Can I can imagine honestly that in a heartbeat that Jackie would probably, for at least a day, wouldn't mind switching with Kate. To have a, a, a day of just a simple, you know, you're in meetings, you're going here and, and whatnot and everything. And even at the point when Edward is talking to Kate because she's like, oh, she's all, you know, Jackie's going to romantic places all the time. And Edward's like, you went to Germany recently. And Kate's like, yeah, but that was a business trip. And it was Bulgaria. I'm thinking, so is what Jackie's doing. They're all business trips. They're no pleasure. She's not like, I'm taking, they, these aren't vacations. This is work. No different than what you're doing. Don't hold that against her. Come on, Kate. I'm sorry that my life doesn't measure up to yours. Oh, Kate is kind of backpedaling. Like, oh, I didn't say that. I didn't mean that. You know, I always thought you had a great lifestyle. I mean, I always have. And Jackie's offended. She's like, what does that mean? Like, you've already kind of put your foot in your mouth, Kate, and it's kind of hard to backpedal and just, oh, I meant this, and so, like, no, 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 no. And it seemed like Jackie had it all, you know, in, in high school. I mean, she was the honor student and valedictorian. Most popular girl on campus. Wait a second. Is this college or high school? She says campus. I don't know. Are high schools, I don't, I think campus, I think college. I don't think high school. And Kate's like, oh, everyone always loved Jackie. And Jackie just is like, you, Kate couldn't have, could have just as easily smacked her across the face with that statement. It's like, oh, I see what this is about. You're jealous. It's like, she sure is jealous. I mean, I get it, Kate, you're envious and everything like that. But good grief, don't mow your friend down because of it. And Jackie's like, you were jealous of me. And... Kate's like, were? I still am. And even Jackie's like, why? <laughs> My, I'm living out of a suitcase. You're jealous of that? I mean, Kate, you are married. You're a president of a company. You got a stepson who thinks you're the greatest thing since sliced bread? I mean, my gosh. Girl, you want to go on a vacation? I'm sure Edward would more and happily arrange for you to go on one if you want that. Kate is just like, why? What do you... I mean, look at you. You still got it all together. It's like... Why <laughs> did Kate think of herself as frumpy compared to Jackie's rockin' body? I mean, my gosh. Girl, you were beautiful. You're both beautiful women. You say, no, everything just falls into place for you and everyone still loves Jackie. It's like, so what if they do? Why is this a competition, Kate? It's like, why shouldn't they? I mean, who could resist someone who's got such an exciting life? <laughs> That's like those, you know, when people are like, oh my gosh, that person's got so much money. Like, they're a professional athlete. Or they're a rock star. And they're just thinking, they're thinking surface level stuff. Like, the money. All the, the opportunities and the fame and the this and the that. And it's like, peel back peel back the surface and look at what's underneath and tell me again if you want that lifestyle. 
Like, oh my gosh, these athletes make so much money. Think of the taxes they have to pay. If they have a house, if they have a manager, they get a cut. If they have an ex-wife, they got a kid. Kid, they got to pay child support. They got to pay alimony. They got to pay insurance. So much stuff. It's like kids don't think of the big picture. All they see is surface level stuff. And they're like, I want that. Or I want to be like Richie Rich because he's got so much money and this and that. Oh, he's got his own McDonald's. And I'm, of course, referring to the Richie Rich 1994 movie with Macaulay Culkin. It's so easy to sit back and say, I want that person's lifestyle because they make it look so easy. Like, they have no problems when you have no idea that their life could be a living hell. And they're just making it all look like smoke and mirrors or, 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 what, or whatever that... It says, before we sit and judge someone, we really need to take a hard look. And just see, is it really all it's cracked up to be? Are they really happy with... They could be absolutely miserable. And they just plaster a smile on their face because if you're, you know, the public eye, you got it. It's, it's all about image. It's about image. And I'm not saying that Jackie is miserable. I mean... She probably is a little bit. I mean, sure, she gets to interview cool people and musicians and this and that and whatnot. But I wouldn't want to be flying here, there, and everywhere all the time and not having a place to put down roots and living out of living out of a suitcase. I went for a a week, you know, down to Dallas back in early August and everything. And I tell you what, by the end of that few days, I was ready. To get on a plane and go back home. Could not see traveling for a job. I just, I'm not the type. That is not, I like to be rooted in one spot. Yeah, go on a vacation for a week. But I'm like, I'm ready to get back after a couple days. Like, I'm, I'm done. I want to go home. Kate, it's all about, oh my gosh, one minute you're going to Rome and then London and Paris. And then Jackie's like, oh yeah, and like these other like podunk places. Like, or Cleveland or Buffalo, you know, the non-exciting cities. Or Fargo. Where's Fargo? Is that Maryland? Where's Fargo? Minnesota? No. <laughs> you're probably all laughing like, you dumb, dumb, you don't know where Fargo is. Let me see. Fargo. I don't. Fargo, whoa, not the movie, not the show. Uh, Fargo, um, North Dakota. Where is Fargo in North Dakota? Cass County, city of Fargo, along the Red River of the North, which forms the border between Minnesota and North Dakota. 124,844 people, as of July 2018, live in Fargo. Interesting. Yeah, that's like so far off the mark. Like Maryland, Minnesota. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yikes. Don't ever ask me for directions because I have no clue. I would get you lost. <laughs> for emphasis, Jackie pulls out like her underwear from her suitcase and says, I'm never anywhere long enough to get my laundry done. This underwear I've been wearing for the last two. Weeds it's falling apart. Oh god. My my clothes just smell like Cleveland. <laughs> and she's like, Yeah, I can't even get my laundry done, let alone meet somebody. It's like how 
And she doesn't mean romantically either. She means meet anybody and form any form of an attachment or relationship because she's constantly on the go. Like these kids, you know, whose parents are like probably have to pick up and go because they're in the in the armed services. Jeremy was constantly, his dad was constantly moving here, there, and everywhere all the time. Where it's like, it's probably hard to make friends because you don't know when you're going to have to pick up and move again. Is Johnny Rival a real person or is he fictional for this episode? Because she's like, oh my gosh, you date a lot of guys. You even dated Johnny Rival. Johnny I bet that's a fictional name. Oops, Johnny Ringo. Johnny Rival. John Rival? Um, Marvel Database? Uh, what? Uh, uh, fictional, clearly fictional. Okay. And Jackie's like, he's a kid, Kate. That's why I spend all my time with kids. And she doesn't say it happily. It's like, gosh, I just want to have an adult conversation. With someone that I can relate to in some form that isn't a kid. It's like, what about all the glamour? Meeting all those celebrities. And I love Jackie saying, that part's not so bad. And Jackie's like, it doesn't compare with what you got as she steps forward and takes Kate's hand. It's like, Kate, you gotta realize, you gotta appreciate what you have. Kate! Oh my gosh, she's like, me? What? Like, ugh. You need someone on the outside to point out how great your life is, Kate, because you clearly don't see it. A beautiful home, a husband who loves you, a son who brags about you. I like how she says son and not stepson, even though Rick is her stepson. She did not bore him. That was all Evelyn. She's like, you're president of your own company. Well, actually, it's Edward's company, but still. <laughs> she had to work to get there. The fact that Kate is so shocked that Rick brags about her, was she jealous of the attention that Rick was giving Jackie? Like, oh, I wish he would lavish attention like that on me and... I don't know. And Jackie's like, every chance he gets, he brags about you. And Kate is like, I guess where I stood, the grass looked a lot greener. And Jackie's like, because you couldn't see the weeds. And Kate kind of feels put in her place here. She does apologize. Like, I am so sorry, Jackie. And she sits down. She's like, I am so sorry. And Jackie's like, oh, you should be. And Kate's like, do you forgive me? It's like, oh, of course. How can I not? I love how Jackie puts an arm around Kate's shoulder. Like, hey, we're friends, aren't we? Kate's like, you still want to be friends with me? And I like Jackie here as she says, you know, Kate, I'm a busy woman. I don't have time to make new friends, so I better hang on to the ones I got. I mean, I've had fr my uh, friend Barbara since I was 12, and I've had my friend Becky, who I just got, you know, reacquainted with after like 18 years. Um, I've known her since I was 11 and I'm just like, oh my goodness, these French, I mean, sure we don't talk all the time, we don't hang out like we used to, but it's still, we're still friends, we still talk on occasion. <laughs> I love Kate, she's like, ah, you always knew the right things to say, it's so sweet. Jackie gets up, she's like, yeah, that's why they made me class valedictorian. Kate's like, can I ask you something personal? It's like she wants to tread carefully after kind of running her friend into the ground with a... Stuff like, oh, yeah, what you gonna ask? Oh, God, of course, it's a lady question where it's like, 
You look so fantastic. I gotta ask, did you ever have anything, you know, lifted? And Jackie's like, no! And Kate's like, well, a real friend would have said yes. <laughs> and they hug and it's all better. It looks like the next day because Jackie's going to be leaving. Jackie, yeah, put your bags in your car. Well, thanks for getting a lot of clothes on now. <laughs> like oh. a cape and a... <laughs> I had a wonderful time, Kate. I especially enjoyed our little talk. Aww. And don't you forget, next time we meet at my place in California. It's a deal. <laughs> Does that include husband? Of course. The whole <laughs> family's invited. Uh, well, goodbye. <laughs> Rick, you had your hug. Jackie will miss her plane. Really? I better get going. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Goodbye, all. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Thank Bye. you. Well, did you have a nice visit? I had a wonderful time. I even got a chance to learn something about the rock scene. <laughs> oh, I get it. Oh, no. Hello? Yes, it is. Uh, she just left. Yeah, I can get a message to her. Uh-huh. How? Call Mick in London. Mm-hmm. Jagger? Mm -hmm. Thank you, Mr. Jagger. So anyway, I just talked to Mick Jagger! Ah! <laughs> oh my god, I can't believe I got that! Oh man! So, yeah, Jackie's leaving, says, hey, next time we'll meet in my place, at my house, in California, the whole family's invited, you know, Edward gives her a hug, and Rick gives her a second hug. <laughs> And she leaves, and there's a phone call, and like, oh yeah, I can give her a message even though she just left. I'm like, well, you'll have to wait till she gets back, cause uh, unless you know what hotel room she's gonna be staying at, or if she's going home, or however to get a hold of her. I'm sure it's like, ah, not having a cell phone <laughs> back in those days, man. I don't know. So she's like, yeah, Mick, I'll give her the message. And then you just see Edward and Rick, who are sitting on the couch, just look up and just like. <gasps> and it takes Kate a second after she gets off the phone. She's going to be, I just talked to Mick Jagger. <laughs> and she jumps up and I'm like, I'm like, I can't believe I got it. I'm like, Jagger? <laughs> and that's the episode. I like this episode. I like Jackie. She was so cool. It was so fun. So I definitely want to give this. Oh gosh. I didn't see anything wrong with it. I want to give it 5 out of 5 trains. That's my rating. I just. I loved it. I loved Jackie. I love the fact that Kate and Jackie patched things up. I loved learning about the um, some singers that had songs that I recognized, especially the living years. Uh, I just, I love Rick and that smoking jacket <laughs> on the couch. I just, uh, I loved, I loved all of it. I loved all of it. I really, really did. I, um, the silver spoonful for this one. Don't assume someone's life is glamorous just by what's on the surface. You don't know what they're dealing with. And don't try to, like, if you are just making assumptions based on interactions between a person, don't go and confront them about it like that, because you're going to end up 
losing a friend or you're going to be making a bigger problem than what it necessarily is. So, yeah, I just, I, I really liked this episode. I don't know why, but I think I might like it. I haven't even seen the next episode, which I'll be covering next. But I really like this one. But let's wait. Let's wait and see how I like the next one. And kind of go from there. So, yes, the next episode I'm going to be talking about uh, now is going to be Season 5, Episode 9, entitled Rick's Learning Problem, which aired November 10th, 1986. In this episode, Rick tutors a star football player who must pass a history test in order to play for the championship. Edward gets the flu and is getting on Rick and Kate's nerves, which I'm not surprised. I bet anything there's going to be a bell involved because it seems like whenever a character's sick on a show, they always have a bell they're ringing. Like, I need more chicken soup or I need you to pat my head or fluff my... It's always fluffing the pillows. Does that really help anything? Fluffing pillows? Uh, I don't know. I'm not big on fluffy pillows or bulky pillows or poofy pillows. It's sometimes, I guess, I kind of like them like medium, like kind of almost flat, but not flat. So, alright, this episode was directed by Art Dillon. D-I-E-L-H-E-N-N. I'm sorry, Art, I mispronounced your name. Writers David W. Duclan, Rayon Levitt, Michael G. Moy, um... Martin Cohen, Howard Leeds, and Ben Starr. One, two, three, four, five, six. So the six creators. I ought to call them the six guys, six men. And written by Melissa Clark. All right. 6.9 out of 10 based on 19 ratings. There are no user reviews because they're next to never her. So, all right, let's get into Rick's learning problem. See him tutoring. You know what this reminds me of? There's an episode of Mr. Belvedere where Wesley is um, helping a classmate and it turns out that the classmate cannot read, which is is sad because he's like, like, hey, get me that book such and such on my bed. And the kid, you know, the guy gives him a book. Like, no, I said I wanted this book. What? You can't. And the way he's, he's like so accusing, like, what? You can't read? It's like, dang, Wes. That's like season five or six. I definitely at one point want to get to that episode of Mr. I definitely want to start doing more Mr. Belvedere episodes on looking back on my Wonder Years podcast feed. So, all right, let's jump into Silver Spoons and see how this episode shapes up. But I, I definitely, I, I get a feeling, I think that Hey Mrs. Robinson is going to be my fave of the two, but we'll see. I might be surprised. I don't know. All right, we come out of the intro. We are in the entryway. It looks like Edward is set to go to work because he's got his briefcase. He's wearing his suit. So who is he waiting for? Kate? Yes, because he's calling up the stairs. Kate, hurry it up. We gotta go. <laughs> of course, who comes down the stairs? Like, I'm hurrying, sweetheart. <laughs> it's Rick comes down the stairs. <laughs> It looks like Rick's going to just a typical work day slash school day. Rick's got his books, his textbooks on the table right by the entryway. You know what I noticed? They really don't seem to use that uh, 
door remote opener thing as much anymore. They're always usually going to the door, unless they're lazy and they're like, well, I don't want to walk all the way to the door, and then they probably use it. I guess Edward and Kane aren't the only ones that are running late this morning. Rick also is. And apparently this isn't the first time that Rick has slept in. And Edward, it's like, hey, maybe next time when your alarm gets up or goes off, why don't you get up instead of just hitting the snooze bar? Of course, Rick is, like, literally passing over the threshold to the outside world. When Edward's like, oh, you know what? I read an article about this. You know what the number one cause for lateness is? And Rick just stops. He's like, oh, God. And he turns. It's like, lectures from fathers? Like, you're already bugging him about being late for school. Now let's stop and give him a stupid lecture about something you probably saw on CNN the night before. Or the local news. Doing some recent studies have shown the reason for lateness in teenagers is due to lack of sleep or hitting the snooze but half. Who knows? He was going to school, dude! And then you called him back for a hot second. Like, oh, I'm talking so, Everett shuts the door, and he starts screaming for Kate, who's right freaking there. He, like, screams in her face. It's like, I'm right here. I just came down the stairs. Dang. So he's like, what's your deal? What took you so long to get down here? And she's like, I'm feeling kind of creaky, like I got a cold or something. I'm thinking, oh, God, is she pregnant? Is she pregnant? No, she's not pregnant. <laughs> and it's not COVID either because this is 1986. Not 2020. Will you hurry up, honey? I'm hurrying, sweetheart. <laughs> not you. Hey! I'm hurrying too. Uh, run a little late, are we today, son? Yeah, I overslept. Again? Maybe when your alarm goes off, you shouldn't just hit the snooze bar. I know, Dad. I know. You know, I read an article about this very thing. Just let him go to school. You know what the number one cause of lateness is in America? Fatherly lectures. Yeah, really. <laughs> go to school. He was. Kate! Damn, dude. Calm yourself. You? I don't know. I feel so creaky. You don't say I hope I'm not coming down with a cold. You say I am not coming down with a cold. Come on, honey, say it. Please, Edward. It's a case of mind over matter. Say it. It's a case of mind over matter. <laughs> not that. I am not coming down with a cold. All right. I am not coming down with a cold. Good. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, that's on him, man. Six, nineteen forty-four. Anyone? Anyone else? Hey, it's Ferris Bueller's dad. Okay, Stratton. D-Day invasion of France. Very good. Code name. Let's give someone else a chance, shall we? <laughs> Alfonso. No, no, that's okay. I don't mind. <laughs> Alfonso, code name. Operation Overdrive. What? Rick. Operation Overlord. Overlord? Really? Right. Does anyone know the size and magnitude of this operation? 
Brad? Uh, big. <laughs> You're an idiot. A little more specific. <clears throat> Looks like it's just you and me, Stratton. Clearly, no one else from the There material. was one million troops, 4,000 landing crafts, 800 warships, and 11,000 planes. Like I said, big. Brad, <laughs> just face. Don't care. I hope your sense of humor is still with you after the test on Thursday. Thursday! How can I learn all this stuff by Thursday? You know, it's funny you should ask. <laughs> I was just... Yes, sir? You think you could fill the rest of the class in on the Battle of the Bulge? Hey, Bronco, break in! All right, all right, settle down. Would you care to share with the rest of the class today's excuse for being late? Mr. Fontaine. Fontaine? I fell asleep in the whirlpool. I'd still be there, but the bubbles went up my nose. <laughs> oh my God. So you're saying you almost drowned? Settle down. This is a history class, not a locker room. That's funny. They both smell the same. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget, Thursday. I saw you and Jody whispering. What'd you say? Oh, she's worried about the history test. Well, you can teach her a little history. Maybe she can teach you a little biology. Hey, <laughs> could I speak to you? Uh-oh. See you at Burgers. Oh, yeah, Burgers. Yes, sir. Obviously, you're ready for Thursday's exam. Oh, absolutely. Well, one of your classmates isn't. Really? Yeah, I thought maybe you'd like to do a little tutoring. Sure, I'd, I'd love to. Fine, I'll have Bronco get in touch with you. Great. <laughs> Bronco. Oh, yeah, I was right. It's like, that's a guy who plays Ferris Bueller's father. Let me look his name up. That's right, he was also in an episode of The Wonder Years, and he was in the very beginning of Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. <laughs> I wonder, I almost wonder if those two worlds are kind of connected. Maybe a little bit, maybe? Alright, hold on. What in the world? They did a remake of The Witches. I couldn't even get through the first one without being freaked out. Ugh. I don't know. I think about it. It's been a while since we've seen Rick like in school, like in a classroom. It feels like the last time I swear we've seen a scene like that. Shop class to me doesn't really count. I'm in a classroom classroom. It's got to be Rick at 16. Okay, so Lyman Ward. Is he still alive? Oh, he is still alive. Okay. Hey, his birthday's on the same day as Prince William's, June 21st. First day of summer. Gosh, this guy's been in so much stuff. He's been in so much stuff. Um, let's see. That girl, I, I guess, okay, so this must be the girl he was speaking to, Jody. I, I don't know why I thought her name was, oh, she, she does music too? Interesting. Alright. So... Yeah, Rick is just, he's ready for the test. He's got the knowledge down pat. Teacher's pot talking about Pearl Harbor and D-Day and all that stuff. Wait, no, he's just talking about D-Day. Um, and the code name they use, which Alfonso was like, Operation Death Star. Or something. And actually, it's Operation Overlord. Or, what did Alfonso say? Overkill? Every time the teacher asks a question, it's like Rick is the only one who is really involved in this. Like, he knows the stuff. None of the other kids... The classroom has, like, maybe less than ten kids in it. This guy named Bronco, clearly a football star, 
his excuse for being late is I fell asleep in the whirlpool, which if he's a a football player, I'm guessing maybe one of those massaging whirlpools to help like loosen the muscles and everything after your training. I thought that was something that major leaguers had that kind of option. I didn't know that high school that schools could afford for high school kids to have those luxuries in sports, but Everyone else is kind of worried about this test on Thursday because it's like, I don't know the information like you do. And Alfonso, of course, hornball that he is, is all like, hey, you could teach, I saw you and Jody whispering, you could teach her some uh, history and she could teach you biology. It's like, oh, Alfonso. And of course he brings a burgers like, hey, I'll see you later there. And I'm like... Did nobody form study groups or anything like that back in the... The only time I can think of is remember when Rick was really busting his tail trying to improve his grade and class he had... You know, this is back when Freddy was there, so it was clearly like season four. And Alfonso was there. So that was one form of a study group, but... So, end of class... Make sure that everyone's prepared. Well, even when the teacher's, like, asking these questions, Rick is constantly raising his hand because he knows the answers. And the teacher's like, anybody else? Anybody but Rick? Nobody? Okay, Stratton, I guess it's just you and me. Because no one else is raising their hand. Clearly, no one else read the material or gives a rip. So. Alright. So, now that Rick knows the material... The teacher's like, hey, you, you know the material backwards and forwards. Why don't you help one of the students that is really struggling? He, of course, thinks it's Jody because she, like, walks out of the classroom and turns to look at him when <laughs> he's like, would you be interested in this? And Rick, of course, thinks it's Jody. He's like, yeah, of course I would. And the teacher's like, well, then I'll have... Bronco give you a call then. It's like, what Bronco? It's like, I gotta wonder, I mean, I don't think this is gonna be a Mr. Belvedere special episode where the kid can't read. I don't think it's gonna go down that road. I could be wrong, but then again, in season three, we already dealt with Alfonso having dyslexia, so we don't need repeat storylines from other characters that we only see once. And this is the fifth season. So, now we're back at the house. It looks like Kate had to drive Edward home because he got sick. Because, you know, he's like, repeat this mantra. I will not get sick. And she says, okay. And then she sneezes right on his shoulder. She ends up driving him home. I'm like, that passed quickly. Were you guys, like, making out while you were at work or something? Or or what's going on here? Because she seems fine and he's like, moo. You didn't have to drive me home. I could have taken a cab. You look miserable, buddy. You said you were too weak to dial the phone. Oh, God. (laughs) I look awful. Uh, 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 what happened to mind over matter? Come on, say it. I am not coming down with a cold. I am not coming down with a cold. Good. It's the flu. Oh, my. Get out of the house. Get out of the house. you feel that bad? Maybe you should go to bed. No, no. Oh, I'll be okay. Guest room, a bunch of them. Put them in there. I am perfectly capable of taking care of myself. Oh. Would you put my feet up for me? Oh, dude. Come on. Sure, honey. Is there anything else I can do for you? No. 
I'm just going to sit here and watch TV. Watch what? Do that I ain't nothing on in 1986. <laughs> you are not a helpless wife. Look, I've got to get back to the I'm office. I'm not pushing the buttons mm -hmm. for you either. I feel better. You're not going to leave me alone. Yes. I'll be back as soon as I can, I promise. Oh, besides, Rick will be home soon. Good. I like Rick. Unless he stops off at burgers. He might. You can't stop off at burgers! You can take care of yourself. I'm sick. Dude, you are fine. Ay, ay, ay. He already is just like, eh. Well, it turns out, no, I'm not getting a cold. Because she's like, repeat the mantra. I am not getting a cold. He's like, I'm not getting a cold. I have the flu. So he sits down on the couch. And she's like, I would have called you a cab. He's like, oh, well, no. You didn't need to do that. Remember? And she's like, yeah, you said you're, you were too sick. Like, you, you were so weak that you couldn't even dial the phone. So she brings him inside. He sits on the couch and he's like, oh, can you like put my feet up for me on the couch? Oh, can you hand me the remote? Even though it's like he can literally like grab it. His arm is like right there. Like, oh my god. And he's like, I'm just gonna watch TV. I'm like, yeah, what's up? Uh, what time did they... Clearly the workday is not over with because she's got to go back to work. She just dropped him off. Like, what is... Probably talk shows, like, at 3 in the afternoon, maybe. I mean, Sally, Jesse, Raphael, was she on in 1986? Hey, Jeremy. Was Sally, Jesse, Raphael on TV in 1986? Oh. Yeah, I'm gonna go find out for myself. 83 to 2002? She was on for almost 20 years? Is she still alive? Let's see. 1935, she's still alive. This can't be her. What is this? Is she still making movies? Um, Joker's Wild. Oh, that's a TV show. Um, The Guru Diagnosis. Ses she was in an episode of Sesame Street. A New Way to Walk. Touched by an Angel. The movie No One Would Tell, which I did cover on my Looking Back on My Wonder Years podcast, if you want to check that out. She played a judge in that movie. And she played herself in The Guru. And something called I'm Still Sally? What is this about? Is she playing herself? Is this a biopic? I can't tell. I'm surprised because he's still in his work attire. You know, shirt, tie, pants, shoes, socks, what have you. Because there's no way. If he's got the flu, he's not going upstairs. I'm sorry. He's like, can you bring down my robe or my pajamas? And can you change me <laughs> out of my work clothes? I'm surprised he didn't ask that of her. I bet when she comes back, he's still going to be in his shirt, tie, slacks, and still have his shoes on by the time she gets back that evening. And he's like, what, you're not going back to work? You're not, you're, you're, you're not going to take care of me? I'm like, already he's getting on my nerves. <laughs> and she's like, well, Rick will be home unless he stops off at Burgers. And Edward's like, but he can't stop off at Burgers. Well, he clearly, he's, he's there. He's at Burgers with Alfonso and Brad. And of course, Brad's like, hey, General Stratton, or because he's, you're, he's a know-it-all in history. It's like, no, he just studied. 
See, that's what you do. When you study, you gain knowledge. It's not like he's spouting it off like, oh, I'm so smart. He's not showing off that he know like, he didn't memorize the textbook. So chill out, Brad. Stop being a jerk. I, I told you. See, I never liked Brad. I don't know why we had to keep him. Can we get Derek? Can we call up uh, St. Louis and get Derek back? Or, or Freddie. I'd take Freddie at this point. I don't like Brad. He is, he is just not, he's, no. And it's General Know-It-All himself. Very Shut funny, up, Brad. Brad. What did Burton want? Burton's decided to enforce the school rule. If a player fails a test, he can't play a varsity sport. So? So Bronco may not be playing Saturday, guys. They can't do that. Yeah, Saturday's game is for the championship. Without Bronco, we're sunk. Bummer. <laughs> it's worse than that. He wants me to tutor him. Wait, what'd you say? I said Burton wants me to help Bronco study for the test. <laughs> what are we getting so upset about, guys? We got General Patton himself to tutor the Bronco. Oh, yeah, that means the championship is in the bag. No, I wouldn't say. Did you hear that, everybody? Brad, don't. Thanks to Rick here, we're going to be the Long Island football champs. Come oh, on, let's hear from Rick Stratton, huh? Brad. Hip, hip. Hey, Bronco. Hey, Bronco. Does he know that he's going to tutor him? Hey. What if he's not into it? Yeah, Bronco. Uh, Mr. Uh, Burton says you're going to tutor me in history? Yeah, you know, I'm going to try. What time am I supposed to show up at your house? Let's say seven. You got it. World War II, here we come. Oh, my God. He probably broke his neck. Yeah, right. Dude. In Bronco, we're going to start in with Mussolini. Hey, let him get his own tutor. <laughs> you're all mine. Dude, it's yeah, right. And Bronco, see it. We'll talk about it tonight. Okay. Teach. Just remember, Rick. If Bronco doesn't pass a test. We don't win the championship. Oh my God! You put right. so much pressure on Whole him. Whole school's counting on you, Rick. This sucks. At last, we're gonna have something to put in our trophy case. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Stratton's head if he messes up. <laughs> I can't believe this. This is so much pressure. I'm not surprised that it's like if you are not passing a class and you're in a sport, you're not playing. And that's gonna pretty much the same thing with what's going on with um, Bronco is since he's been coming in late, of course he's not getting his work done. And he has to pass this big history test in order to be qualifying to play. Now everyone's like, oh don't worry Rick, the General Stratton here will be able to help him ace that test. Like, sure, Rick can tutor him, but if this Bronco guy isn't going <laughs> to... If he's not going to retain the information, it's a waste of time. But the fact that they're pretty much saying, Rick, if he doesn't ace this test because of you, we're going to take your head and put it in the trophy case in the hallway in school. This is so much pressure. And even Bronco like grabs Rick around the neck and it's like turning him like like to and just shaking his head like Arr! and I'm like dude you're gonna break his neck so Rick's like hey seven o'clock my place be there we'll start with Mussolini and Bronco of course has no idea who Mussolini is apparently he's like hey he can get his own tutor I'm like oh boy here we go but even after, you know, Alfonso and the two other guys and Brad are all like, hey, 
if he doesn't pass and he doesn't play, we know who we're going to come after and who's to blame. All right, so we are back at the house. We got Edward on the couch. Looks like he is in pajamas. He's got his robe on. So he actually, either he crawled up the stairs and got his pajamas and robe, or Kate's home and she got that stuff for him. Oh, God. He's already Kate. <sighs> Dang whiny baby. Where's that bell? I'm surprised I don't see a bell yet. I don't think. I mean, if he's complaining like that, she's like, probably, I'm not getting him a bell. Does he want the remote already? Because he's flipping through a magazine. What's he want to do? Fluff his pillows? Pat his head? He's as worse as Homer Simpson when he's sick. Change the channel and pat my head, Marge. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I made you some nice soft-boiled eggs. Soft-boiled eggs? <laughs> and some nice dry toast. Now, if you need anything, I'll be right inside. Okay. Hmm? Can I have a cup of tea? Sure. <laughs> Two no, tea bags. Two, no liquid there whatsoever. Two tea bags? Of course. Could you put it in my Mickey Mantle mug? Oh, for heaven's sake. Fine. Anything else you need? Kate? <laughs> what? And a cookie? Of course, sweetheart. have it anymore are you serious you gotta walk all the way to the door to answer it where's that remote to open the door i got it okay there we go dad you know you shouldn't be up duh hey teach hey bronk so you're the local luminary luma what well, bronco this is my father Oh, hello, Mr. Stratton. You look terrible. Don't touch me, I'm sick. Thank you, Bronco. No, I don't want to give germs to the Buckaroos' leading scorer before the big game. Oh, hey, that's okay. I never get sick. I had a St. Bernard like that. <laughs> I'm going to bed. Oh, you can actually Wait, make it up the stairs? Would you tell Kate to bring my tea and my special mug upstairs? <laughs> Your Mickey Mantle mug? Rick, tell her not to forget my cookie. Oh, for heaven's sake, a baby. Okay, Dad. I like you. So, Bronco, are you ready to hit the old books? Why not? Not much else I can do with them. Oh, come on, Bronco. That's not a very good attitude. I can't help it. Only test I ever passed was my physical. My number one patient. You went to bed. Kate, I want you to meet Bronco. Kate! Excuse me, I'm the only nurse on duty. <laughs> hey, that's a good looking nurse. That's the stepmom. No, you see, Bronco, Kate is my stepmother. Yeah. Why'd she say she was a nurse? <laughs> you see, my dad isn't feeling well, and she's 
Never mind. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Bronco, let's begin. Now, why don't you tell me what you know about World War II? Well, came after World War I. <laughs> okay. That's a start. <laughs> um, let me ask you a few more general questions. Oh, you mean like General Patton? <laughs> yeah, like General Patton. What do you know about General Patton? Well, he was a real tough general. And uh, he wore these pearl-handled revolvers. You go on. And uh, he shot a plane down with a gun. Good. And he slapped a soldier right in the face. Yeah, and then the movie ended. <laughs> okay, so yeah, looks like Edward's being taken care of by Kate. Uh, and she brings toast and hard-boiled eggs. Which... There's nothing there to wash any of that stuff down with. And I'm just thinking, if you have the flu, what type of an appetite are you going to have? Probably not a very strong one. And I just think, usually when I would get sick when I was young, the things I would probably want would be like 7-Up or something that's easy to, burners maybe, settle your stomach a little bit. Or even saltines is another go-to. But, yeah, he's. she goes in to get some tea with two tea bags, a cookie, and putting it in his Mickey... I thought he was going to say Mickey Mouse mug, but he said Mickey Mantle. I'm like, okay. So, of course, as soon as she goes, and she's really trying to put on a brave face without shrieking, I'm like, forget it, I'm done, take care of yourself. Bronco shows up. Of course, I... Like, it's, I don't know what they did with that remote to open the door. Did they get rid of it? I swear, I swear they had it at one point. Did they get rid of it? I don't know. But luckily, Edward's half, luckily for Edward, he's halfway to the door when Rick comes down and says, I got it. Dad, you shouldn't be up. You should be laying down. Edward decides to go to bed after meeting Bronco, who goes to shake his hand, and Edward's like, I'm so sick you probably shouldn't touch me and Bronco's like oh I never get sick I bet anything that Bronco is going to end up getting sick or even Rick as well because that you don't even have to touch someone you are just in the vicinity and you can catch something I can imagine so of course being a teenage boy he's like oh well your mom is really attractive is she a nurse or Oh, because oh, because Rick has to say that's my stepmom. Every every guy is like, oh wow, your mom's cute. Like oh yeah yeah. So she has to go upstairs with the tray because Edward decided to go to bed. He should have just been up there to begin with. But then you'd be hearing him shrieking down the stairs. Oh my god! Only takes so much of that, right? So Rick decides to see what Bronco knows. In regards to World War II. He's talking about Pat in the movie. And this and that. And describing the movie. And the end scene and everything. And Rick's getting excited before Bronco even mentions the movie ends. Like yeah and then what happened then? Like oh great. So it looks like he's got a map that's got like little pins in it. To kind of show okay this happened at this time. This happened here and there. And you know all that stuff. And it just... The next scene, it just looks like Rick is just, he's he's got so much pressure on him. It's not really fair. 
everyone's like counting on him to get Bronco. The only way that Bronco's passing this test is if Rick actually takes the test for him. This isn't a case of I can't read. This is a case of classic stereotype. The jock isn't smart enough or... It always seemed like in the 80s where I was like, oh, I play football, but my grades suck. And it's like, why can't you be both? The only example I saw of that would have been in the movie Varsity Blues that came out in 1999 with uh, what's it, James Vanderbeek from Dawson's Creek played uh, John Mox. And he was smart. He was going to Brown. I think I thought it was like Brown University or wherever. So he's really smart, but he's also he was like the backup football player too. So yeah, you can be both. I don't see why it's, it's such a stereotype back in like the eighties and probably some of the nineties too. Okay, Bronco. The name of the country Germany invaded first. Um, Poland? Uh, the name of the country that Germany invaded first Poland? is a country that is known for many things, including being the country that Germany invaded first. Poland? Is it Poland? You have no idea, do you? What is it? None. I don't know. The Bronco, we're running out of time. We've been studying for three nights. The test the is tomorrow. Is. What is the answer? No, what's the use, Poland? Rick? I'm never going to get it. Hey, if it's not football, I can't learn it. I'm beginning to agree with it. Hey, hold on a minute. The Bronco, I, I've been going at this all wrong. No wonder I'm not learning anything. <laughs> look, look, the Bronco, help me put that table on the sofa. Sure. What are we doing? We're having a little history lesson, football style. Now look, the field you're playing on is Europe. That's a big field. Yeah, you're not kidding. Now look, you're Germany and you're on the offense. You've already wiped out Austria and Czechoslovakia. I did? They didn't even show up. <laughs> oh, you mean they forfeited? Yeah, yeah, you could say that. Now look, you're playing Poland. They've got a lot of high school spirit, but they're no match for Germany. That's because we got spikes on our helmets. Good for you. Bronco, that was World War One. They're no match because they're undersized. Oh, then I'll stick to the ground attack. Roll right over you. Blue 44, 26, 33, 10, hut, hut. Oh, my God. Good, good. That, that's exactly what Germany did. Except they weren't so rough. That's called a blitzkrieg. Oh, the blitz. That's when you rush in extra guys before they know it. That's right, only they were tanks, and you win. Hey, I'm starting to like history. Who do I play next? France. And this time, it's the playoffs. No, don't. Please be careful with that. Don't break I it. I never fumble. <laughs> I'm going to roll right over you again. No, not this time, because I've got a great defense called the Maginot Line. Ooh. Come on, say it. The Maginot Mag Geno line. Good, good. I mean, this is really a line, Bronco. I mean, fortified tunnels, concrete walls, big guns. Bronco, these guys are immovable. Then there's only one way. What? The old end run. Yes, yes. Only first you gotta slip by Denmark. Then you break a tackle in Holland. Then you sidearm Belgium. Into the secondary, France, into Paris. Touchdown! Don't break that! Oh, no! 
just got, I, sw- I didn't know that it was going to be, po- but anyway, I'm just thinking of due to um everything that happened with um you know Hitler coming into power and then that stuff, and I'm just thinking of them invading Poland and then all that stuff. So I mean, to me, for my me asking, like, is it is it Poland? Is it Poland? I'm like I'm I'm guessing, but I think could it be that? I mean, I've read a bit of historical fiction and stuff, so whether I've retained it over the time, I don't know. So, I like that Rick finally understands, like, I've been going at this the wrong way. Because Bronco says, the only way that I can really understand or regurgitate, you know, and take in information is going to be in football lingo. And Rick's like, I've been going at this the wrong way. Then he applies history... In battles between Germany and Poland and France through football techniques and plays and everything like that in terms that Bronco can understand, which is awesome. That it's like, sure, somebody can understand, but if you break it down for them in a form that they understand and apply history to that, then there you go. They're retaining information. So it looks like we're in... (laughs) the school and I'm guessing Bronco passed the test then? Cool. Of course what you heard smash was Bronco took that vase that was on a pedestal and I figured like oh he's gonna break that that must be Kate's. I'm like no that thing is probably so old and ancient it's a relic and he smashed it to bits. Basically to fine powder. Let's see if Bronco passed. I didn't see it with my own eyes, I wouldn't believe it. Did he pass? Hey guys. Did he pass? Hey, way to go. He passed? Oh, Brad, come on, I've been tutoring. <laughs> he did it, Rick. You mean Bronco passed? Hey, he didn't just pass. He got a hundred. Holy A hundred. Hey guys. There it is. A hundred. Stratton. Ninety-two. Well, you were tutoring, so. The class already over with? Dang. Walking just... You did it, huh? You broke a hundred? Yeah. (laughs) You could have gotten a hundred, too, if you were as lucky as me. Bronco, what do you mean, lucky? (laughs) I just happened to be looking through Mr. Burton's wastebasket, and I found a copy of the questions to the history test. Are you serious, you jerk? What? Talk about luck, huh? What? But, Bronco, that's cheating. That's so loud. You think I want the whole school to know? Yeah, but Bronco, we're gonna get to practice. We're gonna win the championship. What a jerk! Hey, Bronco, what Are if you someone serious? finds out? Serious? Who's gonna tell? <laughs> that is garbage. I cannot believe this. That guy cheated. Really? I was like, hey, great. He retained information, and the, his Rick's style of tutoring paid off. No, the guy found the test in the trash. What is the teacher throwing the test in the trash for? What? Uh, I don't know. This is. I lost all respect for that guy. I lost all respect. And even Rick's like, what? Because Bronco's saying, oh, yeah, it was all. If, you, if you'd have got 102, if you were as lucky as me. Rick's like, what are you talking about? It's like, yeah, I was walking past the teacher's desk and saw in the trash there was the questions to the test. I'm just like, you piece of garbage of a human being. He's like, yeah, we're gonna. I'm gonna. Win the championship. And he's like, hey, who's going to tell? It's like, that's garbage. 
That is garbage. I can see Rick definitely having a guilty conscience. Oh my goodness. You want to know how, like I say, I don't watch these episodes ahead of time. This would be a great revenge for that guy. Is that he gets the flu and he ends up being sick for the game. That would be good payback for cheating. That's what I think. Edward's back on the couch in his pajamas. He's got a clipboard. He must be doing some work stuff, maybe. That would be my guess, anyway. Rick's got to feel like crap, though. It's like, all that time studying. I mean, Rick could have gotten 100, but he was helping that guy for the test. What a waste of time. Hi, Dad. Hi, son. How'd it go? Did Bronco pass? Pass? He got 100. Out of what? <laughs> Out of 100. Well, Rick, that's terrific. Guess it was worth an antique vase. There's just one little thing, Dad. What's that? See, Bronco didn't get 100 because of my help. He cheated. Ooh, that's a pretty serious accusation. You have any proof? He told me. It's pretty good proof. <laughs> Dad, I don't know what to do. What if the teacher finds out? This teacher's name wouldn't be Mr. Burton by any chance. Yeah, why? Called about an hour ago. He wants to see you before class tomorrow. You see, Dad, he's got to know that Bronco cheated. And I bet you he thinks I helped him cheat. You didn't. Of course I didn't. But what do I do if Burton asks if I know about the cheating? Well, you're not going to help Bronco any by covering up for him. Dad, it's not that simple. You see, if I tell Burton he'll keep Bronco out of the game, we'll lose the championship and the kids will blame me. So what's the worst could happen? They hang you in effigy? No, they could hang me in person. <laughs> So, Rick's got a moral dilemma here. Does he tell his teacher? Does he not? Because apparently the teacher called the house wanting to see Rick before class the next day. And Rick tells Edward, yeah, Bronco got a hundred on his test. And Edward's like, a hundred out of what? And Rick says, a hundred out of a hundred. It's like, wow, well, your uh, tutoring really helped him. It's like, uh, well, only one thing. He cheated. And Edward's like, well, that's a heck of an accusation. Do you have proof? And Rick's like, yeah, he told me himself from his own mouth. And it's like, if I tell the teacher that he cheated, then he's not going to play in the champ, that Bronco's not going to play in the championship, and the whole school's going to be on my butt. Because then they're going to sacrifice me and tossed me into the trophy case head first and yeah well we'll see how this plays out because rick's there waiting for the teacher and bronco comes in so i'm guessing did the teacher also want to see him as well to kind of get a clear view of like instead of having one person come in here their side have another person come in after and hear their side it's like no i want them both together to see or is bronco gonna confess i don't know Maybe he's having one of those guilty consciences. I have no idea. Or, I don't know. But I want to find out. Will Bronco redeem himself in my eyes? We have to see. Hey, Rick. Got the call too, huh? Yeah, I got the call. Your Bronco, why did you do it? I mean, you were really beginning to learn about World War II. You knew the names of some of the battles, some of the generals, even some of the countries. 
No, Bronco, if they asked the right questions, with a little bit of luck, you could have gotten at least a D. Just saying that. Bronco, we're in big trouble. Why? Maybe Burton just wants to congratulate us. No. Gentlemen, cheaters never win, and winners never cheat. <laughs> Sit. All right, I'm going to ask this question once and once only. I want to take a makeup exam. What? <laughs> take the test over. Well, this is a first. I've never had a student get a hundred on an exam and ask to take it over. Uh, Mr. Burton, I think Bronco here wants to clear up any lingering doubts in your mind as to the validity of his grade. Yeah, I want to uh, do what he said. <laughs> no, I think it's an excellent idea. Yeah, how about an oral exam? Well, if he did pass, it certainly could get me off the hook. You remember what happened last year during the basketball playoffs? When everyone was mad at you for not letting our star center play? Yeah, the obscene phone calls were bad enough, but then when they let the air out of my tires... <laughs> Some kids are really dumb. What kids? It was the teachers. Oh, God. So, Bronco can't take the makeup test? <laughs> he can take the makeup test. All right. <laughs> All right. Ready, Mr. Fontaine? Hit me with your best shot. <laughs> yes. All right. Question number one. Who was the German commander of the Africa Corps? The offensive coach. <laughs> Easy, that was Rommel. <laughs> All right. How about the minister of propaganda? The what? <laughs> the head cheerleader. <laughs> Joseph Goebbels. Excellent, excellent. Now, let's move on to the Battle of the Bulge. Great, the Super Bowl. Blue body bow. Ready for We're number one. All right. We're number one. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> Hey, Cokes for everyone! Right. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I just want to say thanks to my tutor, Rick Stratton. Without him, I never could have gone from 100 on my test all the way to a 66. <laughs> thanks, Bronco. <laughs> Listen, Rick, I want you to have this. Oh. Hey, Bronco, this is the game ball. They gave it to you for scoring five touchdowns. Ah, keep it. I'll be getting lots more when I go to Harvard. <laughs> hey, group. Look at this, Dad. Bronco gave Let me, me the guess. game ball. Kate's Congratulations to both of you. Hey, thanks. You sure look a lot better, Mr. Stratton. Sure feel a lot better. <laughs> yep. Mrs. Stratton doesn't. Coming, honey. I'm bringing you some nice soft-boiled eggs and some nice dry toast. Oh, come <laughs> Really good history teacher, Rick. Thanks. Um, how are you at biology? Good. Oh, are you kidding? Great. It's my favorite subject. Oh, so, um, maybe you'd be free for a session then? You bet. <laughs> Great. Bronco! Bronco, honey, Rick said he'd be happy to tutor you in biology. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. All right.
right, so yeah, looks like the teacher pretty much already knew that Bronco had kind of cheated just because you can't go from having a D in class or whatever Bronco had, or probably in his case an S, all the way to 100 overnight. That is garbage. That doesn't happen. So Bronco is the one who is like, I need, I want to retest. And the teacher's little, that's a first. I've never had a student, like, get 100 and want to retest. So, Rick's like, well, why don't we do, like, an oral test? Like, just ask him questions. And the teacher does, but Rick has to kind of translate it into words that Bronco can understand. Like, oh, he's talking about the head cheerleader. Or he's talking about the offensive line. Or he's talking about this. And everything like that. And Bronco gets it. I mean, he at least he gets a 66, but at least this way it's honest. And the next scene, they're pouring into the house. They won the championship game. It's awesome. Bronco gives Rick the championship ball. And, of course, Rick's like, I can't take this. And Bronco says, hey, I'm going to be getting plenty more And when I go to Harvard. And... The girl who I'm guessing is dating Bronco, which not surprising because that's another stereotype trope with the head cheerleader dating the quarterback or what, you know, the highest member of the football team, which I guess is the quarterback. I don't watch uh, football, so. Uh, (laughs) And Rick's, or no, um, Jody's like, hey, Rick, how are you about biology since you're such a great tutor? Are you, he's like, are you free Saturday? He's like, oh yeah, I'm free. And she turns to Bronco and says, oh, see, honey, he's free. He can help you in biology. He's like, okay. And Rick's like, okay. And we hear Kate calling for Edward. And turns out she got what Edward has, which is funny because she was the one who was feeling a little blah in the beginning of the episode. But uh, I told you that stuff travels fast. You don't got to even anybody. Just be within five feet of them and you're gonna get something. And then he's like, oh, I'm giving you hard-boiled eggs and I'm giving you dry toast and nothing to wash it down with. (laughs) It's like, he's getting her back. Like, she got you tea and a dang cookie. Really? Really? Oh my goodness. But, (laughs) and that's the episode, guys. I, I like this one. I I don't want to give it 5 out of 5. Um, I think I'm going to give it a 4 out of 5 trains just because the fact that you think, oh, he got 100 because of the information that he learned. No, we learned that he, Bronco cheated. And I'm just like, okay, that's that made me lose respect for Bronco in that moment. But he immediately redeemed himself when he said, I want to retest. Because, of course, the guilt he was facing. was clearly the guilt, right? And even the teacher, I mean, was saying, I don't want this to be another fiasco with the basketball season. You know, the obscene phone calls and the letting the air out of my tires. And it's like, oh, kids can be so cruel. It's like, uh, no, that was the teacher's that let the air out of my day. So clearly, this is probably something that happens when it comes to, I don't know if it really happens now, but maybe it did. Like, oh, a teacher doesn't pass the star quarterback or the captain of the basketball team. And 
you know, because they flunk a test. And it's like, well, they can't play because they're not eligible. And then the teacher is the one that gets in trouble. There's actually a Golden Girls episode. Dorothy's, you know, substitute teacher. And she fails this kid who's, funny enough, plays Greg Brady in the Brady Bunch movie in a very Brady sequel. And he also does the voice of Eric from The Little Mermaid, Christopher Daniel Barnes. And he plays, you know, a football player and he's supposed to take a test on a book that he read. And he just like, I don't want to read this book. It's too big. I don't, it's a boring story and everything. And Dorothy's like, I'm not going to pass him then. And then the coach has the nerve to get in Dorothy's face. And I think he even offers her money to pass this kid so he can play. Like the whole town is counting on this kid. We are counting on this win and everything. And I guess the kid ends up in the hospital for something, injury of so I don't think I watched the whole episode. Um, but yeah, and I'm just thinking that's another prime example. It's just, it's, that's horrible. The, the teachers are just held to this, like, you're supposed to teach a kid and they're supposed to, you know, retain information and everything. And, you you know, they, they learn the information, they take the test, they pass. I'm They're not going to just pass you because... This person is being counted on to win, you know, for the school and everything. I, I don't know, just mm, school sports and teaching and tests and all that, you know, qualifying to be able to play and all that stuff. Just, oh. so yeah, four out of five. I just, I thought <laughs> with Edward being sick was kind of, you know, and then Kate getting sick. And I like, I like Rick, how he was, um... He was helping Bronco learn in terms that Bronco could understand. I liked that it took Rick a bit, and he's like, I can break this down into terms, you know, you understand football terms, let me break down World War Two and everything about it and this and that into terms that you can get. I like that he was able to do that. Of course, I didn't like the fact that Brad said, oh, if he doesn't pass, we're going to, like, shove your head in the, and put you in the trophy case or something. <laughs> I Like I said, I never liked Brad, but then again, Alfonso wasn't much help either. No, I like it when it's just Rick and Alfonso. I kind of miss their, you know, hanging out days from only season three. Silver Spoonful for this episode is just going to be simple as this. Just, if you're struggling and you need a tutor, don't be embarrassed. And just, I mean, if you're not, and if you're not getting, like, if you're not receiving the information, like, in a way that's helpful that you're retaining yet, there's another way, like, apply it something that you like in terms that you understand and maybe that person like how Rick did for Bronco I, I don't know I don't know everyone some tutors work good with people it's just sometimes in a relationship that has to like be able to like really gel and everything and that you get your tutor and your tutor understands how you learn so and, and don't feel embarrassed if you know you're not getting the material it's not it's not a bad thing. Just you need a little extra help. Don't. That's nothing to be embarrassed about. Doesn't mean you're dumb or anything. Well, everyone learns at their own speed. Everyone learns in their own way. You just got to find out what that way is. And if it takes a tutor helping break the material down for you, then whatever it takes to succeed. You know there is no excuse. There's no reason you should ever have to cheat. It's better to actually apply your knowledge and 
reap what the the reward of having applied that knowledge and all that stuff. So, yeah. Alright, let's take a look at the next two episodes I'll be covering next week. Season 5, Episode 10, The Triangle, which aired on November 17th, 1986. A triangle ensues when Rick falls for his friend Brad's girlfriend, then must take her to a concert when Brad gets grounded. Oh, he has to take her to a concert, does he? Uh-huh. And, of course, we have Season 5, Episode 11, entitled Kate Lasso's a Longhorn. In this episode, Rick agrees to take care of a friend's boa constrictor for the night, but it happens to fall on the same evening as Kate's dinner with a toy dealer who can't stand women in business. And, of course, this guy oh we get marie we get marie back played by joe marie payton who of course was harriet winslow the first harriet winslow in family matters um the guy who plays the longhorn guy (laughs) gary grubbs as billy he this man has been in so many things he is still working to this very day um, I recognize him. He played Luke Brower's Father and Growing Pains. He played um, George Brower. He also, I remember him. He's been in a lot of TV movies, my goodness. Let's see. He's been, um, most, which I can remember him from in 2007's. Season 4 of the OC, he played a character named Bullet. Oh, he was in um, an episode of Second Noah. This guy married with children. He played two different characters in that. Sabrina, the teenage witch, touched by an angel. Just so many things. This guy, a lot, a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. Trying to see if there's anything I would have played. I know that guy. He's blah, blah, blah. Yeah, 2007, he played in six episodes. Oh, 2006 to 2007. I'm sorry. Yeah, he, uh, Gordon Bullitt. His character was, this guy had, like, a kid from every state in the U.S. And he, he, he was like a Texas oil driller person or whatever. And he always going around going, bang! <laughs> and just like, this guy, I swear. I mean, if you guys know the OC, like, Julie, what are you doing with this guy? <laughs> I mean, clearly, yeah, he's got money, but it's like, I couldn't go through that. That is too much. Too much for me to handle. He is still doing, he was in Glee? Who in the world was he in Glee? Season 6 transitioning? Uh, Huh. Interesting. Let's see what else he's in. But oh my gosh, I can just imagine that episode is just going. Because I, if I were Edward, I would not like. I am not doing business with you. I don't want you doing business with my wife. You clearly hate women. You don't think they should. Because Kate's vice president. You know he's that guy's probably. Oh well, your vice president calling her sweetie or babe or whatever. You know how those type of guys are. Hate them. Hate those guys. Horrible people. But, um, yeah, that's the episode, and like I said, if you want to email the podcast, talk about your Silverspoons memories, favorite episodes, you can do so at silverspoonspodcast at gmail.com. If you're looking where you can listen to the podcast, go to SoundCloud or iTunes under Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast. Have a great day.
night, everybody. A great week, and please stay safe, stay healthy, and stay positive. Bye-bye.